Welcome to episode 137 of the Grip Strip Podcast, uh, They Made It Through edition of the Grip Strip Podcast. Uh, my name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host, Josh Fine from a different location this week. What's going on, brother? Yeah, I'm doing good. You know, I'm a little bit more chilly than normal than in Florida. Um, of course, it's getting a little bit of rain here, probably from the remnants of Hurricane Ian, which um, actually got a little bit affected by that, lost lost a little bit of power on uh, Wednesday night, and part of my backyard fence in the house that I'm renting uh, got blown down. But other than that, no no uh, real issues there. But um, and you know everything everything's good there. Um, but yeah, really interesting weekend of racing Talladega. Um, a lot cleaner than expected. Um, we had a lot of good racing throughout Xfinity and truck and uh, cup series, uh, um, which, you know, seems like the last couple of years has not been the norm, you know, a lot of crashing. So, you know, we'll get into it. Um, Formula one, a uh, little bit different expected winner there, still a Red Bull, but um, not Max Verstappen, but only because they messed up in qualifying um, with their fuel strategy there. And, you know, NFL wise, Jacksonville taking a loss, but um, maybe, Maybe not as bad of a loss, you know, only losing by eight to the best team in the league. So can't be uh, complaining too much there. But yeah, um, you know, ready, ready to get into it here uh, tonight on the show. Yeah. And in fantasy, you're still in the mix. You're still going to finish top five this week in terms of points. So it's not a it's a net. It's a net win in a sense for in that sense for you. Uh, For me, I mean, yeah, well, as Josh mentioned already, I mean, all three NASCAR series ran at Talladega this past weekend. Uh, as he said, uh, cleaner than usual. I think it's a response to what happened, Alex Bowman, what has been going on in recent weeks. Um, there was the incident for Jordan Anderson that we'll get into later. Thankfully, he's going to be okay. Um, oh, man, Nick Bosa almost got there. So I'm going to be doing live responses to the Monday night football game since the San Francisco 49ers are playing right now. Oh, and, and uh, Magaboy actually has a weird new helmet that I guess protects his head or something. That's I've never seen a helmet like that. Um, we'll get in all three series in NASCAR. The truck cup and Xfinity will be at the Roval this coming weekend. We'll make the uh, uh, picks on that later. I mean, Clyde gets his fifth win of the 2022 Josh was in person with a couple of Clyde fans, so we'll probably bring that up here in a minute. Uh, you know, Briscoe and Sindrick tied for the cutoff going to the Roval. Um, AJ Allmendinger wins on a restrictor plate track finally and locks himself in, gets a free roll at the Roval, as it's likely that he will be announced later this week as a full time Cup Series driver for his third stint in the Cup Series since his first stint was back with Red Bull and then he ran, I don't know how many years with whatever Richard Petty Motorsports and all kinds of other entities. He eventually ended up at Penske, um, got nailed for whatever drug use or whatever it was. And then um, for Adderall, um, which they also ran Jeremy Mayfield out of the sport with, then uh, he went and joined JTG Doherty, ran in the cup series for a few years then decided to fall back into a limited schedule and um, became friends with Matt Collig and Chris Rice. And uh, he's been the best driver for Collig Racing this year by far, no matter what vehicle he's been in. And now 
they're going to pay him back and um, have him drive the 16 car. Because to be fair, he's been the best driver in their cup cars too. And he would have been a contender for the playoffs if he'd actually run the full season. So uh, in his third stint in the cup series starting next year. So that'll be great for the sport. Um, Justin Haley's dad, as he likes to call him, will be up there to be his teammate again. Uh, we'll, uh, get into the, all the nonsense. I mean, I'm, I don't really, I'm not really get into that truck stuff yet. Uh, I have my thoughts. Formula one, uh, Grand Prix of Singapore, they delayed, we'll get into that. They delayed it an hour for whatever reason. Um, it was greasy, the best drivers, theoretically two of the best drivers in the sport made mistakes in that race. Sergio Perez definitely didn't and won uh, over the Ferrari duo. And then there's the issues of the cost cap breach that probably are going to get annoyed or get ignored the same way as Checo did for um, breaking safety car rules. But then it doesn't matter. Red Bull can do whatever they want. Tete Lama took place last week. We'll, in the roundup, we'll start with that. Acura takes home the DPI title. Uh, which team takes home the DPI title? We'll get into that. And there's been testing today for the GTP cars, the brand new um, LMDH category uh, cars and news in regards to where what Ganassi's uh, second Cadillac program will be doing in the World Endurance Championship, who the drivers will be. We'll get into all that. MotoGP at Thailand sees the MotoGP World Championship tighten up even to as close as it's been in months uh, with uh, an absolute awful result for Fabio Quattararo. Um, in Moto2, Sean Dillon Kelly gets his first career points uh, while Cameron Bobier crashes out on lap uh, in the first lap. Uh, in his last few rides in Moto2 before he comes back to the United States. But SDK gets his first points in Moto2. Uh, we'll talk about all that. NHRA was at St. Louis this past weekend. Uh, the usual suspects winning their W Series in what might be their last race. Uh, ran at Singapore this past weekend. Rally New Zealand sees a brand new world champion in, in the World Rally Championship. Uh, the youngest ever in the history of the series uh, deep shot over oh you fuck unbelievable oh my goodness that is just mediocre Ugh. um the bathurst 1000 the great race uh they're gonna be running that for i don't know how many time that is another great throw he could have thrown that better and then he wouldn't have been falling over like a dope fucking garoppolo um the uh and so we'll preview that World Superbikes of Portugal uh, got some some sound from Garrett Gerloff some in regards to why he's moved on from Yamaha after 11 years with that with oh my god that was a pick six that literally was a pick six and then we'll uh, get into the British Touring Car finale might as well four drivers battling for the title three rounds they'll run or three races in the round itself um, as they've been doing for many years. Uh, four drivers in contention for the championship at Silverstone, or, or actually Brands, I think it's Silverstone Grand Prix circuit. We'll do our NFL uh, reviews for our teams. I'm giving you my review live um, because, oh, he overthrew him, of course. Uh, that's lovely. Under throws one ball. 
almost gets picked off the second ball and then and whiff and throws it 150 miles an hour over Juwan Jennings' head on third down. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, that's – I mean, come on, man. Oh, you fucking cocksucker. Um, speaking of cocksuckers, Max Verstappen is going to probably win the world championship this weekend at the Japanese Grand Prix, so we'll talk about that. Um, if he's, if, if he's, it will be eligible, which would be hilarious if he wasn't, um, that's probably what should happen to them for last year and this year, but it won't, um, cop and Xfinity at the Roval and we'll make our previews and picks along with who advances for cup and Xfinity into the round of eight. And then Josh's sim segment, and then we'll close the deal. Since I've been rambling on talking about my 49ers, Josh, I'll allow you to um, open the um, the segment here for the Yellowwood 500, uh, which saw William Clyde Elliott II get his fifth win of the 2022 season, advance to the round of eight for the sixth consecutive year, which um, for people that may want to question his talent, I, six years in a row making the round of eight, it doesn't happen by accident. I mean, he is in the flagship car for Hendrick Motorsports. He is the golden boy, the chosen one, et cetera, et cetera. But Chase Elliott has proven, especially over the last three years, I think, three, four years, that he has become an elite driver. I don't know if we really thought he was going to get to that level, but he has become that guy. And I think losing to Kyle Larson, watching Kyle Larson basically open a can on everybody, including all of his teammates last year, pissed him off and Alan Gustafson off. And this car has kind of become a equalizer and it's given him uh, a, a leg up. It's almost like they made the car for him. I mean, who knows? They might have, but uh, five wins this year. Nobody's really close to that. And getting a win here at Talladega, a track where his father has uh, had such great success set the all time record for speed in NASCAR. Um, he didn't lead the most laps, but he led when it counted, finished one, one stage, finished third in the other. So maximizing his points nearly got two points away from a maximum point haul and um, beats uh, one of his uh, BFFs, Ryan Blaney, Michael McDowell, Ross Chastain, Denny Hamlin, your top five, four playoff drivers in the top five. Eric Jones, who was good at Talladega yet again, led uh, 23 laps this time. Chastain led the most laps in this race for 36. He won uh, in April beating Eric Jones. Todd Gillen getting a top 10 finish, so good job by him. Daniel Suarez, Austin Sindrick, and Chase Briscoe. So um, the and as I mentioned earlier, Austin Sindrick and Chase Briscoe are now tied for the last uh, playoff spot um, going into the Roval. Uh, credit to Landon Castle for leading a lap, finishing 11th in this race. Um, so good on him. Eric Almirola tied for most laps led with uh, Chastain actually with 36. So there was that. There wasn't a whole lot of carnage. Only four cars that had issues. Um, Hemrick, of course, late had the car shut off, which was why they call that last yellow. Three cars and accidents. Um, there was the incident which saw uh, Corey LaJoy blow a tire, and uh, he ended up falling out of the race because of that. Uh, Ty Gibbs had an issue and fell out of the race along with 
uh, Harrison Burton early uh, 23 laps into the race, which involved what is this? Uh, a bunch of the Penske, all oh, three, three of the Penske cars, and then um, all of Penske, yeah. Because they don't. Sh- well, yeah, they show they show two 21 and 22, but I guess the 12 probably would have been involved if you all of them were there. Uh, yeah. The 31, 47, 48, and 62. Of course, the 48 being driven by Noah Gagson. Uh, in relief of um, Alex Bowman, who was out with concussion symptoms. But uh, credit to Clyde. Another victory puts gives himself a leg up in regards to the round of eight. If he can get another victory, get another five playoff points. It, it The playoffs have not started out well for him. He kind of got lucky in a lot of ways. The first two races were not very good in the first round. He kind of scraped through. In the cutoff race at Bristol, then you have the race last week um, to start the round of uh, the round of twelve. wasn't very good for him either, and uh, he still is uh, in a position to kind of compete. And now he's won, so he's probably brought that momentum right back where he needs it. Um, kind of taken a a little. Um, uh, he's gained himself what 16 points tour uh, over Joey Logano right now. He's only two points ahead of Ryan Blaney, but um, good on Clyde there to put himself in that position um, heading into a racetrack, which he's one of his most successful racetracks, which is a Roval. Yeah, I mean with Ryan or with Chase Elliott, you know he made a lot of moves in uh, you know during the race, um, especially the last restart uh, started. Um, on the inside line, but then found a gap and then was able to jump in front of Eric Jones. And, you know, he was able to uh, stay locked up with him. And, you know, he was basically dueling for first place with Ryan Blaney. And then he was able to get out in front and uh, win the race there. So, yeah, what an aggressive move to, you know, to win the race, but it was also probably the right move. Um, you know, Chase, Chase, you know, took the run that he had there at the end and was able to um, pull out the, the win. And then, you know, he also led in stage uh, two, winning stage two. So, um, you know, he definitely ran a bunch up front. You know, he's pushing Kyle Larson to the lead uh, a couple of times um, and, you know, proved that he had a fast race car uh, at Talladega. But, you know, the finish was very uh, interesting in itself because, you know, Ryan Blaney won the first stage uh, by waiting to the last second and then pulling to the outside and barely uh, getting uh, Denny Hamlin at the line. Uh, to win stage one and they almost pulled off the win in the same uh, fashion getting a push from uh, Michael McDowell and then swerving to the outside you know off of um, the trioval but just didn't have enough time didn't have enough momentum to get up alongside Chase Elliott to um, you know nose out uh, inch out in front of him so uh, Chase Elliott comes out with the win uh, most competitive uh, race this year in the Cup Series uh, from lead changes, 57 lead changes. Um, and, you know, it was a pretty surprising race, like we talked about in terms of, um, you know, cautions, not a whole lot of cautions overall. Um, you had the first big wreck early on um, and then Corey LaJoy. But then after that, the only caution that they had was the stage yellows and then uh, Daniel Hemrick uh, stopping on pit road uh, at the very end of the race. So, uh, you know, fairly clean, um, maybe in response to the issues with uh, the crash uh, situation with the next gen car. Of course, Kurt Busch and now Alex Bowman both out um, right now with concussions. 
um, and me, you know, being able to recover from concussions, concussions. So, um, yeah, maybe, maybe they were trying to, um, you know, not be as aggressive, but then at the same time, there was a lot of moves that were made in that race that were very aggressive. You saw drivers, uh, jumping out of line, trying to take the lead drivers, you know, bump drafting each other and making some very aggressive pushes where you could see the car getting pushed, getting sideways at, you know, multiple points during the uh, time that they were getting pushed. So, um, even though it was clean, you know, you still saw a lot of uh, that same aggressiveness that we've gotten used to here at Talladega. But, you know, they were able to keep it within a restraint, I guess. And it actually led to some pretty good racing. And um, this is probably like, you know, one of the cleaner races that we had at Talladega since, you know, maybe the early 2000s. Um, you know, go back to 2001, uh, the race that Bobby Hamilton won that went caution-free. 2002, Aaron's four, or EA Sports 500, you know, went caution-free there. Uh, you know, this one wasn't caution free, but, you know, um, very similar in the fact that, you know, they were able to race for very long periods of time throughout the race and throughout several green, uh, you know, green flag pit stops where um, the field was able to get broken up, but then they got back together and they were able to swap the lead, make passes uh, throughout uh, the cup race. So um, from that, from that note, yeah, definitely uh, very entertaining. Um, and, you know, for, for once they were able to um, not crash at the end, which, I think it's a, definitely a, an improvement over, you know, the last couple of uh, Talladega races that we've seen. Um, yeah. The, you know, the rest of the field in the, uh, the chase or in the playoffs, um, you know, William Byron needed to probably win this race um, or at least, you know, score stages point, you know, stage points. He was up front for you know a couple of times, but um, ended up getting shuffled toward the back, um, you know, not getting any stage points at all. Uh, so missed opportunity there. Uh, Christopher Bell, spun on the pit road and then took the pit road penalty and lost a, a couple laps, but he was able to uh, get his lap back, but still, um, you know, still didn't get the points he needed. Now he's also on, on the outside looking in, uh, you know, for uh, round two here. Um, so, you know, the points are pretty tight right now for uh, the last, you know, couple of spots, of course, like you said earlier, uh, Chase Briscoe, Austin Sendrick, both um, on the outside, um, they're tied, uh, so it's going to be, you know, it's going to be pretty tough uh, to, you know, get into this next round uh, here. Um, Kyle Larson, you know, didn't have the race that he needed, even though he led, uh, you know, a couple of times during the race and, you know, was definitely up front with uh, Chase Elliott when Elliott was pushing him. Uh, Logano, you know, involved in that early accident, but, uh, you know, was able to get up to the front, um, you know, in stage one or at the end of stage one, so you know, he had an opportunity as well. He's a good restrictor plate racer to, uh, you know, be up front for the win, but ended up finishing in uh, 27th place. So the last last of the uh, uh, playoff drivers. So uh, not the race that Joey Logano needed and um, not in a completely vulnerable situation, but definitely, um, you know, after stage one, um, he was looking like the best driver on points. Um, so a bit of a swing there, you know, going from top 10 containing car to, um, you know, being outside or not outside the playoffs, but, you know, less secure footing. So, uh, it makes the Roval that much more important as, uh, you know, we get to next weekend and for all of these playoff drivers outside of Chase Elliott to, uh, go and, um, you know, win the race or, um, you know, get whatever points they can. So, um, yeah, th this race, you know, a lot of entertainment, a lot of fun. And then, you know, of course, First time we've had a playoff driver win uh, in the playoffs so far that is, you know, playoff eligible. 
um, and in, in the driver's championship, at least. And uh, from that uh, standpoint, you know, finally it had to happen. Um, you know, we've had uh, non-playoff contenders or uh, non-playoff drivers go out and win races. So, uh, you know, so far. So this is probably the deepest that we've seen, uh, you know, playoff uh containing driver finally win so uh now finally happened now you go into the next week of the roll where you know things continue to be crazy uh, and we'll see you know what happens uh at, at that race but yeah um you know very enjoyable race and you know, of course uh, got to watch it with our friend and you know frequent contributor joe Pacero. And, um, you know, his dad was there as well. You know, they're on vacation in Florida, um, you know, at Disney World. So I uh, got a chance to meet up with him in person. So, you know, very nice to you know be able to go do that um, and, uh, you know, be able to talk throughout the race and um, have our reactions and, um, you know, give opinions and everything of all the things that happened in the race. And there was definitely a lot of times where me and him were both um, reacting to the moves that the drivers were making throughout that race and definitely there's a lot of times where we were both uh, very nervous that you know a wreck was going to happen or somebody was going to do something stupid but um you know, you know able to you know get together with him so um you know glad we were able to do that yeah i mean it was a interesting race for sure i'm glad you and uh, joe were able to meet up it looks like joe's going to be out in the southeast of here for this week uh Going to the Roval. We'll see if we can get him on next week to talk about the round of eight. Um, Anis and all of his exploits out there, taking vacation, going out to Disney and all that. And he just got wrapped up there by Aaron Donald. That was a good tackle there. It's third down. Um, they were driving a little bit after the Rams went and kicked a field goal. But, I mean, for the Cup Series and for... After this weekend's race, I mean, it, it. you see Elliott doing what he did, but there were a lot of drivers that had a chance. There were non-playoff drivers that were up there. McDowell continues to have a career year. Um, Eric Jones is um, putting himself in a great, great place to build momentum towards 2022 or 23. Uh, that was a high ball. That was a medicine ball. He got away with it, but Debo caught it. He might take it to the house. Take it. Oh, man. Oh, he missed a tackle. Yeah, that's going to the house. Debo Samuel. Yes, sir. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Was, I, I need that. I need this. That was a med. <laughs> that was a med. That was a medicine. That was a hospital. I called it a medicine ball. That was a hospital ball. And uh, Debo bailed him out on it. Um, and then he just did the rest because he is Debo Samuel. Okay, we'll take that. 13 to 6, 57 yard tutty for Debo Samuel. Actually caught it in a receiving touchdown. So, not a running touchdown like it seems like they always want him to do. Um, if they throw, I mean, GK is going to end up having pancake blocks or something today. I, I need to make pancake blocks a stat in fantasy football next year. I don't know how they track them, but. Um, I think that would be the only way he would score points since he never gets the ball. Uh, but that's what you have to do. Um, going through the points here, as I mentioned, Elliot locked in, uh, into the next round. Um, other than that, I mean, Ryan Blaney is, uh, minus two behind him. Uh, Chastain is minus six. So essentially they're pl- right in, you swap it over. Uh, plus 32, plus 28 above the cut line. I would assume they're pretty good without having a nightmare scenario. Oh, there he is. There's a goat. Greatest of all time right there. 
I think he could still play wide receiver. Oh, he look at him. He's sipping. He's sipping some. Uh, he ain't sipping gin and juice. He's sipping like bourbon or something. Uh, Danny Hamlin is in fourth, plus twenty one. Joey Logano and Larson. I mean, you mentioned him, Josh. That Logano had a better car and a better deal than what it worked out to be. I picked him. Uh, I I was looking at him as being a favorite. I picked him in fantasy and and work out well. Uh, Larson's plus eighteen. So essentially, those guys I would think with a all right result should make it in. That leaves essentially two spots, which Daniel Suarez is plus twelve. Then Sindrick and Briscoe, who are tied, and then William Byron, who's minus eleven. There's twenty-three points between seventh and tenth. Christopher Bell, who had an amazing round round of sixteen, is now in a position where essentially he has to win. Alex Bowman, um, which we're going to get into here in a minute, um, has to win. Um, Briscoe and Sindrick, the good friends, the four development drivers, two of the guys. Pick the fucking ball off. Uh, um, they're um, they're tied. Actually, in terms, and it's funny the way the owners' points work. The, the because Ryan Blaney's not involved in the owner points championship. Both of them are in the the round of eight as of now, and uh, it's a eleven point gap between them and uh, William Byron. Uh, you then add. Uh, the uh, 20 or the 45 car of Bubba Wallace is what is it 23 or is it yeah 34 20 through 24 points back yeah 24 points back in 10th and then the 20 and the 48 so that's the only difference there and as they have it arranged because of the playoff points uh Briscoe is ahead of Sindrick in the owner's points, which is interesting. So something to look at there as we get into um, this weekend's race. But uh, the other piece I wanted to mention, I mean, we talked about it. It was it caused a, a bunch of moving parts. A lot of moving parts happened there uh, with um, Alex Bowman getting um, knocked out of the race this weekend at Talladega due to the accident he had at Texas, Josh. And it's the latest example of what's wrong with the Gen 7 car. They're supposedly doing tests in Ohio to look at um, crash testing to make a new rear bumper or rear section of the car, a more crushable um, section of the back end of the car since basically the chassis is so stiff, they've be, they have essentially went backwards in technology, which both Denny Hamlin and um, Denny Hamlin is more outspoken and then basically was told by Steve Phelps to go and um, tone it down. And then uh, Clyde was outspoken about it as well. And it's not a good look for them when they've lost two playoff drivers this year, um, one that's generally a younger driver and one that's a veteran driver due to this car because of how it's made and the accidents that don't look that bad per se, but are way worse in, in based on how the hits are being taken and how energy is being dissipated through this car. I mean, it meant that 
Gregson drove the 48. It meant that he was out of the 62. So then his teammate in Xfinity, Justin Allgaier, drove the 62 car. Um, so those were two changes there. I mean, Allgaier's uh, time in the Cup Series has not been was never pretty, and this was no better this weekend. Gregson kind of just drove and was there. Um, he didn't throw up in the seat, so I'm sure that uh, Alex Bowman will be happy about that. But I mean, this this is something we talked about ad nauseum in the last episode, Josh, and um, it's a real problem. And I don't trust that they know what they're doing to fix it. I don't know if they have the right people in place to fix it, but something has to happen. It's not going to happen by the end of this year, of course. There's only five races to go in the season, but there better be a solution. There better be a solution really quick because they're going to be running um, Daytona next February at 190 miles an hour. And um, if they're hitting fences and stuff at the rate that they were doing the last time they went to Daytona, um, it could be a real problem. Yeah, it's definitely a real problem right now. And, you know, on one hand, like I was telling this to Joe on Sunday, you know, on one hand you have uh, crashes happening and it's not like, you know, people are like bones are being broken or, um, you know, you're seeing um, lethal injuries happen, you know, from, you know, like a Dale Earnhardt type of crash or, um, you know, anything like that. But at the same time, um, what looks like, normal crashes that we've had you know throughout throughout uh nascar history now those look and matthew stafford gets sacked you know, so good job there but um you know now we have normal crashes um look crashed a lot harder and now drivers are getting concussion uh as a result and so that's pretty much the concern there and, and it seems like the impacts that have uh, caused the most um concern is the rear impact and uh you know you saw it at Pocono back in you know the end of July Kurt Busch impacting the right rear quarter panel then you saw it at um you know Texas now with uh Alex Bowman having kind of the same impact um not quite as much damage but you know the same impact as uh you know type of impact as Kurt Busch so and now with a concussion so uh you know it's interesting um what they'll do um, it seems like maybe the answer is a softer rear clip or a more collapsible rear clip or something like that. But um, we'll have to find out what the solution is. And, you know, hopefully this time we'll do more extensive testing and see what the drivers are saying. Um, you know, like I said, on one hand, you know, at least at least we're seeing people like, oh, you know, suddenly become glass and, you know, become shattered or whatever, bones broken, whatever. But from these impacts, which, you know, on camera, like some of them have looked pretty hard. Um, you know, Bubba Wallace, Talladega, uh, and Atlanta this year both said those were the two hardest impacts of his career, both harder than his Pocono crash 2018. Logano said his crash Coca-Cola 600 this year was probably the hardest crash in his life. Uh, and, you know, none of them looked that bad. Well, the bubble ones maybe, but they looked too hard. But, you know, given the fact that the chassis is stiff and particularly stiff in the rear bumper and in the front clip um, definitely makes it look uh, a lot harder and, you know, a lot worse than what it should be. Um, you know, go back to Noah Gregson crashing with his car in the spring in Atlanta and then admitting on uh, what Sirius XM or uh, whatever show that, or no, he was on door bumper, door bumper clear and saying that, uh, you know, you, 
you can go as hard as what you want in Xfinity, you know where the risks and where the limits are. Then the cup car, you know, you can only go 90% because uh, that 10% you could end up crashing or something and then crashing really hard and, you know, potentially having an injury like a concussion. So um, it's very, very fickle situation right now and something that has to be resolved very soon or else uh, there's going to be more problems like that in the future. And from that perspective, um, yes, it is going backwards um, in terms of uh, drivers suffering potential, you know, head injuries or, you know, brain, you know, traumatic brain injuries, TBIs. So um, that's uh, the focus there. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can come up with something, you know, that um, can work uh, in the future. But yeah, it's definitely a huge issue right now. So, um, and then not only mentioned the concussions and all that, but you know, Kevin Harvick also had the same type of impact right rear uh, into the wall and he still continued to finish the race. But at the same time, you know, he said on Twitter that he did, uh, I guess what they call red light therapy uh, and some other uh, type of massages or whatever to try to uh, recover from the soreness uh, from that accident. So um, yeah, clearly, even if you don't get a concussion, it seems like, you know, you're a lot more sore than uh, what you uh, would normally be after a type of crash like that, uh, like we've uh, seen in the past with the old car and, um, you know, with uh, with the, uh, you know, Gen 4 and previous cars. So, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can come up with a solution that uh, definitely works for everybody. Hope so, too, because it's not a good look for the series to be going back to where we were um, back in the back in 2000 with the Gen four or whatever you want to gen three slash four um when prior to all the safety innovations or whatever making the hans or the making head and neck restraints um a mandatory thing making uh oh yeah that was great ball to nobody in particular uh and um you know, and seeing all those drivers die, it's not something we want to be going back to, even though the people that run NASCAR these days seem to be in that realm. Uh, it's not something they really want, or it's not going to be good with media and social media for that matter. But we'll change it up. We'll try to make it a little more positive here. Um, as mentioned earlier, AJ Almanero is going to be going back to the Cup Series. Um, he's going to be trying to go back to the Cup Series as a – um, Xfinity Series champion, and uh, they, yeah, another great ball. He just threw it out of bounds. He could have thrown it to somebody, and he was wide open. Um, AJ Allmendinger wins his first Super Speedway race of his career uh, in the Sparks 300, and he beat Sam Mayer, uh, teammate AJ Allmendinger's teammate Landon Castle finished third. Josh Ryan Sieg, Josh Berry, so. F- Four playoff drivers in the top five. Parker Kligerman, who I picked for the Truck Series race, I guess should have picked him for Xfinity. Uh, he finished sixth in the Big Machine 48. Then another three, four, five playoff drivers from seventh through 11th. Keebler, who got spun early, came back to seventh. Hemrick, Rockshot Jones, Gagson, and Herbst. Sheldon Creed, 12th. Trevor Bain, Austin Hill, Justin Allgaier, all with playoff intentions there, uh, 13th through 15th as I go in. Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, just got distracted there by Susie Culver. Um, Austin Hill had the best car, but in the end, he won both stages, led 60 laps. He's been really, really good on these super speedways, but was not um, able to pay it off here on Saturday afternoon. Um, something you might rue later 
uh, especially in the round of in the round of eight. Um, even though right now his point situation isn't too bad, uh, Josh. Uh, essentially, there was after that. I mean, once the playoff guys, the vast majority of playoff guys, all had something to show for their day. I mean, uh, outside of course Jeremy Clements, but um, even the people, the guys that were kind of close to making the playoffs, were up there. So it really wasn't uh, that crazy of an event. There was. Uh, there was only three caution flags, but two of them were for stages. So it was a very clean race, similar to the cup race. Uh, long green flag running, of course. And um, the AJ Almanier going, getting a win, adding to the colleague um, trophy hunting collection that uh, they've done at Talladega and Daytona over the years. And uh, he gets a double bonus because now he's going to go back to the cup series too. Now, can he go and somehow or another slay Junior Motorsports, slay Joe Gibbs Racing, and um, possibly get that Xfinity title? That's something that we have to see. But A.J. Allmendinger now has put himself in a place where he might be able to. Yeah, um, you know, credit to Allmendinger. Um, he stayed in line on the last lap. He had the push from his teammate, Landon Castle, and very similar move to what Ryan, Ryan Blaney did in uh, the Cup Series on Sunday in Stage 1. And, he, you know, at the end of there, he, you know, took the run from the inside line and closed up on Sam Mayer and was able to cut to the right and uh, in the tribal and then pass, uh, you know, barely just inch, front, inch in front of uh, Sam Mayer there at the finish line uh, to get that win. So, First win, super speedways for AJ Allmendinger. Like you said, he has had uh, opportunities over the years in Xfinity to take the win, um, but, you know, ended up getting crashed out or other, you know, drivers taking away the win from him in, in those instances, but not here. Now, finally, he has a win uh, at the you know, Xfinity races uh, with this car uh, in this series. So uh, now, of course, use leverage for him in the playoffs, um, and he's locked himself into the next round. He can free uh, role at the Roval and um, we know he's really good there so you know he just won this race and of course could be an opportunity for him uh, to you know to be able to go out and potentially win the Roval uh, which would be huge for him uh, and you know also be huge for um, his uh, you know for his team for college give them more confidence that they can build championship winning race car and go out and win uh the championship so you know we'll see there um but yeah this this race uh had less cautions on track incidents with uh than even the cup series uh you know there was the um uh spin by ty gibbs and uh beginning of the race but other than that it was just the stage wins uh stage cautions uh for the race but um you know these drivers they were able to stay together uh not crash uh and the fact you know xfinity there's not as much experience uh, and everything, you know, with uh, the younger drivers in the field, there's not a whole lot of cup uh, stars outside of, you know, Landon Castle, A.J. Allmendinger, um, Trevor Bain, you know, he's been in cup before, but, you know, not not a whole lot of experience like there was in the past here at Talladega. And, you know, the fact that all these Xfinity drivers, you know, were able to um, go as long as what they could without crashing uh you know, at the end and wadding all the cars up and turning it into a junkyard parking lot, um, you know, very impressive of uh, them to be able to do that. Um, and then, uh, you know, the playoff drivers themselves, you know, Ryan, Ryan Sieg uh, was on the outside line on the last lap, but uh, ends up finishing fourth uh, and may work out in his favor because uh, he's got a bit of points cushion too. 
uh, to uh, Daniel Hemrick, uh, who's uh, about six points behind him in uh, the championship. So uh, for that final spot. So um, we'll see what happens there as we go to next week in the Roval uh, and how they decide to approach that race. But Austin Hill also was up there very competitive, very fast, led 60 laps, the most laps in this race, uh, but came up short and, you know, ended up finishing in 14th. So even if you're one of the best restrictor plate racers in the business, you know, there's still um, chances that you can get shuffled out of the draft or other, you know, drivers in the, you know, racing against end up teaming up with each other and shuffle you out and then you fall to the back and it's, you know, very hard. Uh, to go to work back up to the front. So um, ended up only finishing in 14th. So um, picked him to win, but, um, you know, I guess it's better than, than crashing out. You know, finishing the race is better than crashing out. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens as we go uh, throughout the rest of the playoffs, how this all uh, begins to shake out and, you know, what these drivers are looking like, um, you know, especially after the Roval and how the standings change. But, um, you know, race ran fairly smoothly smoother than the cup race but um you know it was still a good finish to be had and you know, congrats to aj Almendinger for finally getting a first win uh on the super speedway in you know in nascar after you know so many years where they came close and had an opportunity to win but came up short so um you know they are finally able to do it now he can go focus on the role and potentially win there that's something that we'll see now now that he's free rolling Something that uh, um, Noah Gregson isn't generally good at is road courses. This is probably the last race he has to fade prior to the final four race. Now the prior final four races, he gets to go home next week at Vegas. And then we'll talk about that on episode 138. Then you're going to have, um, uh, there you go. Okay. Right on the warning track. Okay. So you had, um, and then what is it? You have Homestead and you have Martinsville before Phoenix. So two, two uh, one and a half mile race tracks. You have a short track and then you have Phoenix, which is in basically a hybrid short track um, there to finish the season. But AJ Elmeninger, 18 points behind in regards to the playoff point standings. He's trying to cut that off and, um, give himself a chance going into the round of eight. Um, I don't think he really has to worry about his situation as much. I think he just wants to give himself more cushion. Ty Gibbs and Allgaier, those are the ones that are in good position in regards to points because if they can get through that round and get to Phoenix, it'll just zero out. Um, Austin Hill, it was a lost opportunity for him or Josh Berry. Those are two guys that probably wanted to be able to get a victory. You know I mean, Austin Hill got those stage wins, but, um, you know, it didn't really matter in the grand scheme because he didn't get the, get the W. Um, it was his second and third stage wins of the year. So um, he needed the race win to, to get himself ahead of Josh Berry in regards to playoff points. But, Something to see. I think as it stands right now, we're talking about the driver points. The top six are basically safe. The real battle starts with Sam Mayer, who is only six points ahead of Ryan Sieg. And then um, Ryan Sieg is on the cutoff. He's six points at a Daniel Hemrick and 10 points at a Riley Herbst and Bruckshot Jones. And so the, that's where the interesting battle lies 
in regards to the points. Um, they're going to have um, they're going to have uh, a battle there at the Roval. In regards to the owner point standings, the um, eleven colleague car is. Uh, on the cutoff, but they're tied with the 18 from Joe Gibbs, which will have James Davison behind the wheel this weekend. Uh, then you have the 98 and the 19, three points back. So you have four cars within three points for one spot. Uh, the 8, 7, and 1 from Junior Motorsports are all in there basically pretty good, but um, there's a little bit more of a sweat for for um, Sam Mayer, but he does like the Roval. Um, got close to his first win on Saturday. He is good at road racing, so it'll be something to see what he can do there. I mean, uh, Mayer, you got those five drivers, um, Mayer, Sieg, Hamrick, Herbst, Jones. Uh, they're going to have, they have to play between two minds in regards to whether they go for stage points and or not. I'm assuming they're all going to go for stage points. They're not going to be in contention for the win. Um, but basically, Almendinger, Gregson, and Gibbs are going to go for the win. And um, that will make it interesting. It's a pretty deep field, honestly. 41 cars at the moment for 38 spots. A lot of talent, a lot of interesting names. We'll get into that later. Uh, truck Series at Talladega was earlier the first part of a Saturday doubleheader, along with the uh, cup qualifying. So the truck series, Chevy Silverado 250 saw Matt D burrito go and um, do a Regan Smith advances position under the yellow line uh, late after a wreck, which saw Corey Heim um, wreck coming through the trioval. Um, depending on who you are and when the situation is, that's called a penalty but in the case of what happened with uh, Matt Di Benedetto, that counted as um, not. He was forced by um, uh, defending series champion um, Ben Rhodes, and uh, he goes and um, sends Ben Rhodes, and Ben Rhodes' truck is destroyed in the process. But he ends up uh, winning a truck series race uh, over um, uh, what is it, Brett Holmes who's a former ARCA series champion, um, crossed the line first. If they had actually just let it run, crossed the line first, he would have won his first career race. It would have been a big deal for him and Alabama boy um, winning at Talladega. But instead, um, NASCAR has to be NASCAR and, um, you know, manipulate a finish. Uh, Matthew Benedetto gets the victory over Ben Rhodes, Brett Holmes, Ryan Priest, Christian Eckes, uh, Josh, you picked Ryan Priest, of course. Um, he had a good uh, opportunity there uh, late in the race. He's known for his ability on super speedways, especially in the Cup Series. Uh, Haley Deegan gets a career best finish. Uh, Chase Purdy, who was your wild card pick, so good picks by you, man. Uh, Colby Howard, yeah. eighth. My pick to win, Parker Kligerman finished ninth. So he got two top 10 finishes. Uh, this uh, on Saturday, Tyler Ankrum was 10th. He, he started that wreck there at the end of the race. Um, Caden Honeycutt for the 30 team finished 11th. Clay Greenfield 12th. There wasn't a lot of car. I mean, there was nine cautions. Uh, the 
the caution, of course, with Jordan Anderson, his truck being on fire was really scary. Um, then there was the um, there was an accident with Doza and um, the forty two and the forty five. Uh, so that the forty two, of course, one of many cautions the forty two was involved with uh, on uh, Saturday. Lawless Dean, his teammates Dean Thompson and Lawless Allen. Uh, were were part of um, an act that same accident, so and uh, got knocked out there. Jennifer Ho Cobb actually made a race and um, had mechanical issues, and then there was a wreck for Tanner Gray and Austin Wade himself. Uh, that uh, yeah, and that also included the thirteen of Johnny Sauter, I believe that is a thirteen, right? Yeah, I'm trying to look. Yeah, Johnny Sauter and uh, twenty three of uh and finger a playoff driver who's now in trouble going to homestead and the 30 but honeycutt was able to recover um i mean Corey heim got wrecked there late john hunter nemechek won one stage finished second the other led 20 laps uh second most laps led behind christian eckes uh, but as it stands there's a lot to look at going to homestead which is going to be in over two weeks It'll be two and a half weeks between now and Homestead for their cutoff before they wait to go to Phoenix. Um, but uh, DiBurrito gets a victory. The points uh, going into that last race uh, before they lock into the round of four is very close uh, for the truck series. Um, Majeski is the only one who's guaranteed. Chandler Smith has a 30-point lead over the cutoff. Zane Smith has an 18-point lead over the cutoff. And then from there, uh, Ben Rhodes is plus three over Friesen and Eckes, plus eight over uh, John Hunter Nemechek. And he was saying he was looking forward to going to Homestead. It's one of his favorite racetracks. Brandon Finger needs a victory, essentially. Uh, so I guess the truck series became really interesting on Saturday after that Talladega race. But I think the real interesting part is what this championship is going to look like um we're going to have a lot to talk about in a couple weeks time going to homestead yeah i mean definitely we know especially with john and her somebody we thought might be in that top four going into phoenix and yet he's looking like right now on the outside looking uh in uh but not by much only by two points right now but still still on the outside uh looking in and you know go back to the race on on saturday um you know he finished it towards the back of the field and um, you look, look at how his pit stops, uh, you know, came out on Saturday, you know, he uh, pitted by himself in the middle of the race. Uh, and that was, I think they said that was a mistake and that he was supposed to, I guess all the Toyotas were supposed to pit together or something like that on Saturday, but they made a mistake and uh, he ended up peeling off as the only one uh, to pit on pit road. And so having no drafting help and um, getting, you know, overlapped by the leaders as they were continuing to go on their strategy until they had to pit. So a um, bit unusual by uh, seeing a single car going to pit um, in, you know, in any uh, serious truck covered Xfinity on uh, Talladega. So um, this, this race was a little bit more wilder than uh, the you know, cup series or Xfinity race, but uh, still more, I guess, more volatility here with, uh, you know, playoff drivers having, some you know involvement in crashes and 
uh, in um, the finish. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens uh, going forward, you know, going to, uh, you know, where, where uh, they're, I think at, at Homestead where they're going to race. So uh, this, this is um, going to be interesting. And um, John Hunter Nemechek, you know, he's, you know, had, I feel like he's probably had good success in uh, the truck series at, at Homestead. So that might be a track for him to possibly get back into the playoffs. Um, other, you know, other drivers like Chandler Smith, like uh, Zane Smith, um, Ben Rhodes, even um, they may do well uh, at, uh, at Homestead. So we'll have to see, but, you know, I think talking about the finish though, of that race, um, you know, Brett Holmes went to the outside uh, to try to go for the win. Ben Rhodes, um, you know, went down to, you know, went up the block and then came, try to come back down uh, and collected or, you know, made contact with De Benedetto before De Benedetto was below the start finish line. And then they, you know, he goes below the yellow line kind of as a result of that contact. And then, um, you know, they come back up the racetrack and road spins out and they all crash behind him. Um, you know, I think in my opinion, though, it, it takes away from the integrity of the uh, start finish line um, because, you know, Brad Holmes was the first guy across the line, but he didn't win. And they went back to um, the last scoring loop. So, you know, it's not really, you know, like, De Benedetto like intentionally went below the old line or anything, you know, he um, kind of got forced down there and kind of literally, cause he made contact, uh, you know, with, um, uh, with Ben Rhodes. So, you know, that, that was an interesting finish, uh, yeah. you know, especially with everybody crashing, but um, you know, we'd like to see somehow a situation if possible where the drivers, um, you know, if they get in a crash and it happens like, on the trioval of the last lap at Talladega or even Daytona or any other race where this might occur at, because it you know, could easily occur anywhere else where, um, you know, they somehow the driver um, who crosses the line first at the end of the race uh, is able to keep the victory or is counted as the race victor. Cause you know, by definition, that's the rule for race. You know, that's first guy across the line usually should be the, the winner unless, uh, you know, I guess this is one of those cases where unless otherwise, but um, you know, don't, you know, don't really like to have to see races uh, decided up in the, the booth uh, like that. Um, you know, rather like to see them, you know, settled uh, on this, you know, on the racetrack. So, um, yeah, overall the race pretty wild, but, you know, points are going to be at a premium, I think, going into Homestead. So, you know, this uh, field four going into Homestead still not quite set up and it's going to be very tight, you know, between John Hunter Nemechek, uh, Christian Eckes, and, uh, you know, Stuart Friesen probably. Yeah, it's something we're going to talk about. I mean, it's only a 200-mile race at Homestead, but it's a rough racetrack. It'll be in the middle of the day, first first race of the day, so it'll be at 1 o'clock, one one fifteen in the afternoon. God, it doesn't matter. He, uh, that guy wannabe Cooper Cup gets open, too. Um I mean, it's just uh, something where I think the track being slick, there you're going to want tires at any point when you get a chance. Tires are going to be at a premium with the limited sets of tires they get. Um, something to look at. But it's going to be an interesting race. I think it's a great place to have a cutoff. Honestly, it's a great race place to have a finale uh, because they had it for years and it worked fine. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that at Homestead for the truck series um, here in a few weeks time. We'll hopefully have updates on Jordan Anderson. Um, 
I'm trying to see. Yeah, Jordan Anderson. Yeah, he's going to have his two cars. He's going to run a second car in the Xfinity Series. Not he. He won't be. But Austin Wayne himself is going to fail to qualify. Um, and then you're going to have um, Cup Series, of course, as well at the Roval. Formula One, of course, uh, Singapore Grand Prix, first time since 2019. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, um, last uh, race, five-time winner there, was able to score um, points in his final uh, race at uh, at Singapore. In the end, we both picked uh, Max Verstappen, but um, Max Verstappen fucked up in qualifying along with his team. And in part, that basically ended his weekend because the guy who runs Formula One doesn't believe Formula One cars should run in the rain. So um, took away a whole aspect of the race where they could have run on full wet tires and then there would have been strat in regards to when to go into intermediates. And that might have added a little bit more intrigue and a little bit more flavor to the race itself. Um, Delayed the race an hour, which was stupid um, and unnecessary. And um, in the end, Sergio Perez gets a better start over Charles Leclerc, who qualified on pole and basically led the entire, the most of the race. I I don't think uh, he led the entire race, but he led most of the race. over Charles Leclerc, 2.59 or seconds after the penalty that he received uh, because he had an infraction under the safety car, but they didn't do anything really about it because they had to ask him about it after the race instead of putting a 10-second penalty on him, make him actually have to make a 10-second gap, which is what they should have done. Um, Sergio Perez gets his first win, I think, since Monaco uh, back at the end of May. Leclerc signs who was a his car was an absolute he was slow as fuck the whole entire day held up Lewis Hamilton um after bumping him off the track at the start McLaren gets a double top five finish Lando Norris and Daniel Ricardo from 16th to 5th Aston Martin gets double point score with uh, Stroll in 6th and Vettel in 8th um Verstappen finished seventh after starting eighth, but it was quite an adventure for him to get back there. Lewis Hamilton finished ninth after starting third, crashing at one point, um, then trying to hold off people after that uh, and was basically nowhere. Pierre Gasly rounds out the points. Uh, There were only 14 finishers because both Alpines fell out with uh, engine issues now uh, Latifi ran into um, Zhou Guan Yu and um, and had damage. Uh, Alex Albon had wing damage and was driving around with it, and then had another incident. And that secondary incident was what knocked him out of the race after almost dying uh, a couple weeks ago after an appendectomy. And then Yuki Tsunoda crashed. George Russell had a nightmare weekend um, and had his first finish. First race finish outside of the top five this year. So Ferrari um, um, had uh, a big weekend and was able to go and uh, gain a lot of points in the constructors. But Checo Perez, at least for now, is a winner at uh, Singapore. He he is a winner at the Singapore Grand Prix, but kind of questionable in the way they handled that. 
um, infraction, but he had probably the best drive of his career either way. Um, we talked about it on the preview show for the Grid Talk podcast for the Japanese Grand Prix, which should be up uh, where all your podcast, where you can hear podcasts, and um, how good of a drive Checo had, best drive he's had in a while. But um, there's a lot more controversy behind that, which we'll get into in a little bit about Red Bull and even Aston Martin. Yeah, and, you know, this this race was, um, you know, you know, from the Red Bull perspective, you know, they made a mistake with Verstappen and um, the lack of fuel on his last lap to, you know, get a pole. And so he wasn't able to set a good time, even though he had pace, just wasn't able to set a good time. And that put him in the back. So started at a disadvantage and, you know, never able to recover. Uh, from that and you know ended up having to battle against uh lewis hamilton of all people you know 2021 rival trying to um you know finish just get a good finish in the uh singapore grand prix and then on the other hand teammate going out and you know winning even if it was in controversial fashion in some way still able to go out and pull uh pull out the win so a bit of a shock there you know if you're like us trying to uh you know, just pick Max Max Verstappen no matter what. Uh, this time it just didn't work out. So hey, he's there every now and then. Uh, those picks aren't going to work out, but more often than not, it seems like we're going to be right here and probably going to be right here uh, next weekend as they go to the Japanese Grand Prix in Suzuka. So uh, you know, we'll see um, if that happens or not. But you know, certainly um, looks like Verstappen is very likely to win the championship as each week uh, continues to pass uh, by you know every passing week. So. Uh, you know, we'll see, but, you know, um, other things of note that were in that weekend, um, you know, Fernando Alonso much made noise made about his uh, 350th start in Formula One, but, you know, ended up failing to finish the race uh, and, you know, DNF uh, out of the race. Uh, so unfortunate for him, uh, you know, still a milestone event. Uh, being able to run 350 races in Formula One there. Um, you know, you talked about uh, the McLaren team, of course, uh, Ricardo on his way out, Norris, uh, still the number one guy. Uh, they finally had a good weekend for both of their cars, and they both come out with a double top five, so good finish uh, for that team. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll see uh, what happens there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, Verstappen um, still, still um, okay, I'm seeing the game here, but, Looks like the 49ers, they made a good play to force third and goal against yeah, I that's so. Yeah, that's, I already saw the play, and they were doing the replay again, where Shavarius Ward, Mooney yeah. um, Ward went and made that play there, so need to get a so, stop here to hold yeah. them to a field goal. Hold them to a field goal. Uh, we'll see here, third third and goal here. Uh, wow, good, good defense for Ward there. Uh, Stafford drops back the pass. And almost interception. I'm. So. I already. I'm, I was on mute, or else I'd have had a scream right there because okay. I was a pick for. Somehow for, you're ahead of me, yeah. even though I'm watching on cable. Maybe this yeah. is satellite. I don't know. It's Whatever. probably satellite. We the digital cable. Yeah. The oh god. Oh man. Should have made that yeah. pick. All right. Yeah, but uh, anyways, though. Um. Yeah. I mean, George Russell didn't have a good race. Uh. Overall. Um. You know, finishing two laps down. Schumacher. Uh, one lap down so um and then of course you know the rain delays so um bit of a surprising weekend here in Formula one but um you know uh we continue on and we'll go next week and see if this is the week that Verstappen finally wins the championship uh 
where he, you know, could win it. And, you know, we can stop focusing on Max Verstappen winning the, or worrying about Max Verstappen and win the championship and then look at other things. And then, um, you know, on, on one end, Sergio Perez, of course, winning the race, but on the other end, uh, Charles Leclerc, um, you know, I guess he had an opportunity to try to may, maybe overtake or, you know, pass uh, Sergio Perez, but then uh, I guess he said he was uh, afraid, you know, to risk losing second place by trying a, you know, difficult move in, you know, the wet conditions, but, um, you know, he was on pole position, but uh, trying to, you know, capture the lead back from uh, Sergio Perez and maybe had better pressure, but um, made mistakes and then just wasn't able to uh, get up to pass uh, Sergio Perez there. So, um, you know, another, another opportunity for Ferrari this weekend. And, you know, if it's not the team then the driver somehow makes a mistake or um, is unable to pull it off, uh, you know, to get the win. So um, they'll continue to um, have issues. there trying to close and trying to win races. But um, again, like we said, we'll, continue on to Suzuka and you will make our picks later on here in the show. And Max are stopping has to outscore, uh, what do you call Leclerc by four points. He needs to get a 108 point gap after this race. As long as he has an 108 point lead over anybody else behind him, uh, this uh, world championship is over. He would theoretically become a two-time uh, world champion and theoretically would become a legitimate world champion, but uh, their rumors came out and news came out about cost cap breaches for Red Bull and uh, Aston Martin. Karen Horner's come out and basically deny, deny, deny. Seems like the way that segment of um, politics does things too when they do fucked up things. Um, in regards to them doing that, it might have been in. It would have helped them in 21. It would help them this year. And in turn, it would help them 23. So, I mean, I like the notion of them losing. Like, they threw Michael Schumacher out when he intentionally ran into Jacques Villeneuve in 97 at, at Jerez. Um, they're not going to retroactively throw him out of last year's championship. So he's going to end up getting that championship. At this point, if you, if you go and breach... The cost cap, that's a fumble, and that's a that I think the Niners somehow or another got it back. I hope they did. That was a big hit on Ray Ray McLeod. I kind of knew that that had a bad look, like he was going to, yeah. He's not exactly the greatest player ever. That's why, that's why he's been on multiple teams. But um, fact is, they should go and throw the book. If if the FIA wasn't a fuck, wasn't a, a, a organization that was just as much like a a lobbying firm, uh, they would throw the book at Red Bull and they would take away, they would throw them out of the drivers and the constructors world championship right now. And, um, and then, Oh, good, good shit juice. Let's go. Good hit. Um, And then um, they would go and throw them out, open up this world championship, which would actually be interesting because Leclerc right now is actually um, only two points out of Sergio Perez um, in the championship, but if you threw first stop and Perez out, Ferrari would be in a great place to win both championships, which would be huge for them. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's having the worst year he's had in a long, long time, but he'd move up a little bit. It would be Leclerc, Russell, Sainz, Hamilton, Norris would be the top five in points. Uh, that would be pretty interesting. 
they won't do that. Of course, they'll just give them a slap on the wrist. But I, I think the better uh, penalty would be they'd have to run like a hundred pounds of ballast for every million they were over the cost cap. They have to run like ten pounds of ballast, and they have to run it in specific spots of the car. And then all of a sudden, if you're not going to give them an actual penalty that really hurts them, put ballast on the car. I think that's a penalty because how the these cars are meant to ride, drive as light and be whatever, everything is on the edge of perfection or whatever. Well, you just go and put a piece of lead in a bad spot, car is going to drive like dog shit. Well, you shouldn't have went and broke the cost cap. There you go. That would be a way to do it. They do success ballast in touring cars. So that this is not, I mean, it's success ballast because they cheated. And then on top of it, you're putting it in a way to where it's going to screw them over and it's going to deter other people. That would be the way to take care of it. Um, the Niner offense looking like typical Kyle Shanahan because he doesn't want to throw it because he's not confident in uh, Jimmy G to actually run his offense. But whatever. At least it's running, so we'll go with that. The uh, uh, team standings uh, see uh, Red Bull up by, what is it, 100? And uh, trying to go and do this math quickly. It's not easy for me at this point. I'm doing a high, uh, Eric DeMidge, 137 points. Oh, good job there. Throw the ball to GK and let's get going. Let's really go and make something happen. 137 uh, with uh, five races to go. So essentially, if they're able to hold, as long as they're able to have 100 and it's same thing, as long as they're able to have, what is it, 43, because it's 26, so it's 44 times four. So they need to have 176. So it's going to take a couple more rounds for them to lock up the constructors. Uh, Ferrari is 66 points ahead of Mercedes. Oh, that might, oh man, hold on to it. Hold on to it. He's close. He's at the one. He's at the one. All right. Go and throw a freaking play action, play action fake and throw it to GK. Let's go. I mean, I think you're, you have Debo though. So that would have been good for you. I need Debo to get a touchdown. Close to, close to this happening. So. Yeah, Debo's on the one. I don't know how many yards he has. He has a reception, so that's like a point. So he got a point there for the reception, a couple of yards. They're going to run this ball. They're at least going to run it here on first down. Yep. Oh, yeah, they blew him up. They blew, Oh, no. Yeah, they blew him up. Yeah. He got back to the line of scrimmage. But um, the big thing was with Alpine's double retirement, uh, they fell behind McLaren in the constructors. They're on. They're four points behind in constructors now. With what is it? Five rounds to go. But I think that's going to go all the way to the wire. Alfa Romeo has a 15 point lead on Aston Martin, who all of a sudden, um, after the Singapore Grand Prix, I think they basically scored as many points as they've scored the whole entire year in one spot. As I'm trying to look here, yeah. Six, seven, fifteen, sixteen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-four, twenty-five. So yeah, they nearly they got like half their points. They got essentially half their points um, uh, that they had total. They're at thirty-seven. They have twelve to on um, Sunday, 
snuck past Haas, snuck past Alpha Tori, um, soon to be former Alpha Tori driver Pierre Gasly was incensed because they went from possibly being able to gain and being in seventh and fell all the way back to ninth. Um, so that's something we're going to have to look at uh, as we get into the last uh, five races of the season in Formula One with this battle for between sixth through ninth in the constructors and also fourth and fifth. Um, because that'll be the battle. Uh, uh, everybody who's going to finish second in the driver's championship, who's going to finish second in constructors. I think Mercedes doesn't have a good enough car to pass Ferrari, um, McLaren and Alpine. That's going to be something to look at um, here as we go along. Uh, yeah, so we went over all that stuff. Nothing major in the silly season. I mean, I guess the one silly season piece that came out today was Alex Pillow is going to move to McLaren in some way, shape, and form in 2024. Now, whether that is as a test driver for Formula One, whether that is in some other formula, Formula E, IndyCar, they go and decide to make a fourth IndyCar, nobody knows. But Alex Pillow is going to run the year out next year for Ganassi while also dovetailing and driving uh, Formula One cars and testing. He might end up making a a couple of appearances here um, in the Americas to um, possibly go and um, run rookie rookie sessions for them in. um, Oh, God. Oh, shit. That was a catch. Oh, it's GK. Yes. That's exactly what I said. I said, go and run that play action. He had an hour and a half to throw that ball. And I'm like, he's going to throw a freaking interception. Instead, he threw it to George Kittle. Oh, man. Oh, look at him. Best effing tight end. Oh, no, he's out of bounds. Uh, oh, God. He almost died trying for it, too. Yeah, one. Yeah, no, no, no. They're going to call it back. He didn't get his right foot down. Oh, fucking hell. Go for it. If I'm Shanahan. You should go for it. It doesn't matter at this point. You're up 14. Yeah, they called it incomplete already. So make them use a make them use a, Yeah, because because Jimmy G waited an hour and a half. He could have thrown it a little further wide, and he could have gotten it to him. But he doesn't know how to direct a ball properly. Uh, they're gonna kick a field goal because he's a fucking conservative bitch. Unbelievable. I mean, I love Robbie Gould, and it's a chip shot, but. Go for the go for the gold. Make them actually have to drive the field. You're up fourteen to nine. Your defense has been mauling them all night. Let them actually go and and have to go and drive the length of the field and beat you. If you're if you're really tough, you're not confident in your offense. That's essentially what that speaks to. Well, right there. I mean, they still be up by they still be up by eight points here. So they still have to get you know a two point conversion for the Rams if they got a touchdown. But yeah, if they went up by more than uh, you know, one score, then yeah, it definitely changes the complexion of the game. And then uh, Stafford has to go out and pass. Yeah, it's, it's uh, one touchdown scored in the second half this season. Well, you're looking at the reason why right there. He's one of the, I I don't understand how he can be. His coaching tree makes coaches that actually go for it and are actually good play callers, and they're fear they're fearless play callers. And he coaches like he's he's in 1998. I, it's it's amazing to me. He coaches just like his father, but the difference is his father had more foresight 
than he did, number one. And number two, he actually was he was looser with his offense, albeit he did kill RG3. But, I mean, that's not really a loss because RG3 is kind of a hack. But um, the notion that he – same way he killed Trey Lance, you know, this year. But um, ugh, whatever. It's fucking – I'm going to go off on a tangent about Kyle Shanahan. We're We're – only halfway through the show, essentially. So, uh, Petit Lamar rode Atlanta last race of the um, DPI era. Sees Oliver Jarvis, Tom Blomquist in the Meyer Shank Racing Acura DPI. They won Rolex Twenty Four. They win the Petit Lamar and win the championship by four point three six nine seconds over uh, the Wheel and Engineering. Uh, Cadillac of defending series champions, Pippo Durrani, um, Olivier Pla, and Mike Conway. And um, so, and then uh, the rest of the field there, uh, I'm trying to see what happened to the 10 car. The 10 car fell out of the race uh, there late with 13 minutes to go. Um, lost the championship yet again, finished second again. They were 13 minutes away from the uh, the championship uh, having a chance at the championship they finish ninth they finished ninth in the provisional results the third place finisher was actually the 48 ally cadillac of mike rockenfeller kamui kobayashi and jimmy johnson who had a interesting day they had an interesting day but finished one lap down finished third overall uh, Renger Van de Zander, Sebastian Bourdais, Scott Dixon finished fourth um, in the Cadillac, uh, Ganassi Cadillac. First, uh, the winner in LMP2 was John Ferrano, Louis Delatraz, and Rui Andrade in the Tower Motorsport number eight, which um, saw them win the LMP2 championship. Um, I have to go and bring that up here. Um, championship points. I'm not sure about the um I'm not sure about the uh the endurance cup. They didn't put the endurance cup standings, but yeah, Jarvis and Blomquist win the championship over the ten car, the sixty over the ten, the O one finishes third, the O two finishes fourth, and Alex Lynn and Earl Bamba will be going to the WEC next year with the new Cadillac LM. DH, uh, GTP, whatever you want to call it. Pippo Durrani finishes fifth. Richard Westbrook, who was in the five car this year for JDC Miller, um, destroyed um, themselves with an Alexis earlier in the race. Um, they finished sixth in points. So um, there's that. Then in, yeah, the team's championship, 60, 10, 01, 02, 31, 5, 48, okay. Then Acura won the constructors. John Ferrano wins the LMP2 drivers title, and I think he ends up winning the uh, Bob Aiken Award as well. So credit to him. I think he said he's going to run Le Mans next year with an LMP2. Uh, the second place team by uh, just under a second was the Dragon Speed team of Hendrick Hedman. Juan Pablo Montoya and Sebastian Montoya. And then um, just behind him was, behind them was Seth Thomas, uh, Josh Pearson, and Tristan Nunez and the PR1 Matheson number 11. 
So um, credit to them. That was a good battle um, in regards to the LMPs, LMP1 and 2. The LMP3 category saw Jared Andretti, Gabby Chavez, and Burdon in the Andretti Autosport number 36 get the victory 11th overall. Uh, credit to them. Uh, 13 laps off of the LMP2. Um, next, the what is it? What works out to fourth place in LMP2 and the Acura of Ricky Taylor, Philippe Albuquerque, and Brendan Hartley. So I end up finishing nine laps down. Uh, below, Gris Siegel, JR3 racing number 30, and then Barbosa, Jakobsen, and Pino, Sean Creek Motorsports number 33, uh, finished third. The battle for the championship was between Riley Motorsports and Gar Robinson and the core auto sports team of John Barrett and Colin, John Bennett and Colin Braun. John Bennett and Colin Braun get the get the championship there. So credit to another championship for for core auto sport in the LMP2 LMP3 category now. So I think that might be at least a third class, maybe fourth class that they've won a championship together. Colin Braun, I remember him running in NASCAR trucks, being a prospect for Roush, um, went back to road racing and has had quite a career since then. Uh, can you, all the people that were involved in Roush gong shows, that would be in its own episode, like try to go through all the people that were involved in Roush gong shows. There should be an episode. We could do an episode for all the people that were in the Red Bull driver development program. So that's stuff we have to do in the winter, Josh. Um, just brainstorming there. Um, in the GTD category, Acura gets a victory in that category, but with the gradient racing Acura NSX, Kiffin Simpson, Bechtel Scheimer, Mario Farnbacher gets the victory. There was a drive time penalty uh, in that situation um, that took place in GTD Pro category. It's interesting, the top five cars were all GTD. The first GTD Pro car finished sixth amongst those cars. So interesting how that works out. Um, the uh, McLaren finished, uh, the Inception McLaren finished second, and then the Turner BMW finished third. The GTD points at the end of the, I'm going to have to go and scroll through because GTD Pro was already determined both with drivers and teams. The GTD uh, sees Roman DeAngelis get the championship by 23 points over Jan Halen and Ryan Hardwick. Um, they finished fourth in the race uh, in on, on Saturday night. Uh, Roman DeAngelis was driving in the number 27 car. He ended up finishing seventh in class, so he had enough of a advantage. He finished a lap down behind those guys, but he was able to make it work. Harder racing, Aston Martin gets the GTD uh, Drivers' Championship, and then in terms of the team's championship as well, they, um, they're they trying to go and get a couple of women drivers for the possibility to run some category next year, I would assume I said GT4. So I would say that would be in the, um, in the uh, Michelin pilot challenge where um, Taylor, um, boy, 
Why am I forgetting her name? Um, because she actually looked good. She put some heels on. Um, she uh, she's now won two consecutive championships in the um, in the what do you call uh, uh, touring car the TC TCI or whatever category. She um, Taylor Hag yeah Taylor Hagler. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure she's never going to come on now because I'm talking about her and the fact she dressed in high heels. But um, one for the Brian Hurd Autosport Hyundai team, two consecutive years they've won uh, the championship with the Hyundai Elantra TCR. There you go, TCR. I just remembered it. So um, going and scrolling through. Um, oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, going talking about yeah. There you go. God bless him. He's a lucky guy. Um, yeah, Katie Mox. I'll look at Katie Mox all day. Uh, but um, yeah. So BMW gets the uh, GTD manufacturer's title over Mercedes and Aston Martin. The uh, next year in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship is going to be awesome. Uh, it's something to look forward to. For all fans who love sports car racing, GK gets another catch, and he's getting manhandled, but he got about four yards after all that. He gets off on contact. can only imagine what Claire does to him in bed. Um, MotoGP uh, and Thailand this past weekend, Miguel Oliveira gets a victory over Jack Miller and Peko Bagnaya, Yoan Zarco, Mark Marquez, the top five. The big story is... Um, Fabio Quattararo finished 17th, so he didn't even score a point in this race. Um, rain affected big run, Debo getting horse collared by or getting mangled by Bobby Wagner, a freaking mongoloid from the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, so they went and did a jet, yeah, they did it underneath route, and yeah, or Floyd. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Floyd, Leonard Floyd. Yeah, fuck him too. Um, oh, so we're getting a little argy bargy going on here. A little bit of argy bargy going on here. Separate it, you fucks. Give him flags. Let's go. Throw a flag. Throw a flag for freaking. Throw a flag on the goddamn L.A. Rams. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, look at it. Yeah. Oh, and I just won my fantasy matchup, so let's go. Okay, good. Yeah. So um, yeah, so Josh now is in the top five, no problem. Um, gonna get the win. That's uh, gonna be a a lucky, a tough loss for um Steve. Um, losing by less than a point at the moment. Uh, it's a bad run. Uh, but is that first down? Or that, yeah, that was first down. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just just yeah that that wasn't a great call because you knew that he was gonna break off that ball. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at my score and I'm like. Well, I'm counting how many teams are better than me right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No matter what, I'm eighth. But I, the, but the only good thing about it is I'm playing Vic, and Vic's team's even worse than mine. So I've won. I'm going to win today, no matter what. It's about whether the Niners win, which is what matters to me more now. Um, and um, I'm still going to get uh, a split, even though I'm going to finish eighth uh, this week in points. Uh, which is something. I was talking. So Fabio Quattararo has a two-point lead going into the next round 
of the world championship over Peko Bagnaya. Uh, only 20 points on Alex Espargaro. Um, looking at uh, Espargaro only finished 11th. Bastaini finished 6th and Jack Miller finished 2nd. He's had a good um, recent form, uh, Jack Miller, going all the way back to uh, Germany. Only one non-point score. He's been doing really well. He's going to be on that KTM that uh, won this weekend with Miguel Oliveira. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, Jack Miller can do on that bike next year. And um, But, yeah, I mean, you t- think about Anea Bastaini's 20, 19, 39 points back. It's, it's, it's kind of iffy with three rounds to go, but... Peko Bagnaya has an issue. I mean, or Quattro, Fabio Quattro has a huge issue. Peko Bagnaya, if he can keep his ass on the bike for the next three races, he is going to be a world champion. Um, and wouldn't be, it, I mean, he's had some issues this year, but it would be hard earned uh, considering the defending world champion Fabio Quattro is really tough. Uh, the Ducati team, of course, leading over Aprilia, uh, Red Bull KTM, Pramac, Yamaha has now slipped to fifth in teams. And then you have uh, Constructors, Ducati's won that because there's more Ducati's than any other bike. I mentioned in the open earlier that uh, Sean Dillon Kelly got his first points of his career in the Moto2 championship, uh, so congrats to him on that, the former uh, 600 Supersport uh, champion here, um, getting uh, points. The uh, the results of the race in Thailand uh, this past weekend, Tony Arbolino, Philippe Sulek, and Aaron Kinnett get the podium, Jake Dixon and Alonzo Lopez. Uh, round out the top five. Ayagura finishes sixth, just ahead of Augusto Fernandez. Joe Roberts, eighth. Kemneath Kubo, Celestino Vietti in tenth. And uh, aforementioned SDK in eleventh. Um, Cameron Bobier crashes out first lap of the race um, by himself. And uh, as I knock over a remote, since I'm nervous, seven minutes to go. Niners up eight. Figure out a way to go and give this one away as well, since they fucking lost the Chicago Bears and Denver Broncos, two of the worst teams in the league. Um, Gusa Fernandez is up by one point over Ayagura. Uh, that's the championship with, uh, what is it, four four rounds to go for them. Aaron Kinnett is in third. Celestino Vietti is uh, in fourth. Arbolino with his win gets up to fifth. Roberts is six, tied with Jake Dixon. Uh, what is it? Uh, 30, 29 points behind Arbolino. Uh, 34 points behind uh, Celestino Vietti. Is that a turnover? Oh, a pick six. We'll take it. Oh, Hufunga. Hufunga. New, new age freaking Troy Polamalu with a pick six. Thank God. Thank God he's uh, because we don't have an offense. We don't really have an offense. Oh, man. All right, so let's see this here. I'm going to get a replay. Um, they were trying to throw the crossers. They were trying to get um, They're trying to get Cooper Cup, and he jumped the route. Oh, man, that's sexy. 
That is sexy. The game's over. All right. All right. This is going to be a great week. I feel better about the world. I should have picked up Hufunga on my team. Uh, fucking Wilson picked him up, but it won't count for anything because he's eighth or whatever the hell he's doing. But oh man, okay, all right. Uh, get back on, get back on track, get back on track, Philip. You're supposed to be a podcast professional. Um, yeah. So we talked about the Moto Two. We're gonna go and get into the NHRA at St. Louis this past weekend. A couple of track records were set. Um, in regards to uh, a thousand feet, uh, so that was uh, good, cool to see uh, the Midwest Nationals there, and um, then you have nothing to lean. Robert Height, yeah, and Robert Height, he went and uh, did his thing. Enders because that's uh, thought they were gonna go and show speed and whatever, but um. That's I saw it on social media, I guess, whatever. Um, the results of the weekend at Worldwide Technology Raceway, Torrance gets the victory in top fuel, the multi-time defending world champion in top fuel, beats Josh Hart in a final with a 374, the one at 328 miles an hour. Uh, 328.7. Josh Hart was late off the line, uh, was giving up a little bit of ET, was a little faster in speed. But Steve Torrance uh, did work the whole entire day, qualified number one, and um, went through that. Uh, Robert Height gets the victory over Ron Caps, 391 with a one, 331.61 miles an hour. So huge run for him. Uh, beating Ron Caps, who's been on a little bit of a heater, uh, had to also beat uh, Matt Hagen in the semifinals. Uh, Force got knocked off by Caps, so interesting there. Eric Enders on to likely another uh, pro stock championship, knocks off uh, one of the KB drivers in Kyle Koretsky, um, knocks off her teammate in the second round, and Troy Coughlin Jr. Um, Dallas Glenn, the other KB, KB car, um, goes in red lights in the final, trying to go and get her um, 653 with a 5, 210.28 miles an hour for Enders. Uh, for a whore insurrectionist, she's going to get another um, pro stock title. I'll let her do whatever she wants with that with all the – she can go and knob gobble all those people that are in the Oath Keepers that championship uh, Matt Smith with a, another win in pro stock motorcycle beats Joey Gladstone in the semifinal big run there 675 with a two two oh one point seven six. Um, then beats Jerry Savoy on the final beats him off the tree on the tree 675 with a six 202 miles an hour Matt Smith with the victory there the multi-time uh, champion and pro stock motorcycle and then um pro mod there's i'm trying to see where the heck is ricky smith got knocked off in the first round wow interesting so the standings going into the next uh race of the nhra season there will be a couple weeks i think here yeah a couple weeks off 
before they go to the Texas Motorplex in Dallas. Um, it starts this coming week anyway, but the, the NHRA race starts the following week. We'll go and preview it, the fall nationals um, in uh, Dallas, and then they'll have a couple of weeks off before the Las Vegas and then a further couple of weeks before Pomona and the Auto Club Finals. A bomb by, oh, he threw it to nobody. He threw a Jimmy Garoppolo ball on that one. Uh, the top fuel standings going into Dallas, Justin Ashley is 14 points out of Steve Torrance, 30 points out of Brittany Force, 35, Mike Salinas, 43 on Antron Brown, 64 on Josh Hart, and 88 on Doug Coletta. So what it means is essentially seven drivers are in this championship at the moment. Twelve are in this playoff. Seven have a chance. I mean, it's really more like six, but seven are in there. And who knows? Milliken, Langdon, Proc could go and put a great race together at Dallas, maybe set a record and put themselves right back in the mix. So top field is looking crazy. Steve Chorn's trying to keep his uh, consecutive championships alive uh, there. Uh, funny car is a little more straightforward. Robert Height has got a 46-point lead on Ron Caps. Uh, Matt Hagen's under three back. John Force under 14 back. Bob Tasca 170 on the periphery uh, of the championship. Uh, Throwing to wannabe burners, him throwing to wannabe Cooper Cup. So right now it's really Robert Height versus Ron Caps with uh, three races to go. But Hagen Force are still kind of in it. Tasca's had a great car at times during this year. Uh, Pro Stock Eric Anders is probably going to win this. Oh man, uh, Eric Anders 120 point lead on Aaron Stanfield, 153 on Kyle Koretsky. And 157 on Troy Coughlin, 160 on Greg Anderson, 170 on Dallas Glenn. So basically, as long as Eric Anders shows up, goes around the the rest of this year, every single race, she's going to win another pro stock title. Uh, Matt Smith is up 21 on Joey Gladstone, 90 on his wife, Angie. Um, Eddie Krawick's 106 behind, Steve Johnson 107, Jerry Savoy 108, Angel Sampay 116. So that's where the um, um, Hassan Ridgeway goes and gets that big sack there. Yeah, that's that error, that LA Rams offensive line. Um, so Matt Smith trying to get yet another championship. Uh, his battle is essentially with Joey Gladstone with three races to go. So something to look at as they go to Dallas. Um, I mentioned the W Series. Most likely, as it stands, it doesn't seem like they're going to have another race because they've run out of money. If this ends up being their last race, it was a little different because somebody other than Jamie Chadwick won. Betske Visser gets a victory over Alice Powell and Marta Garcia. Balin Garcia for Jessica Hawkins, fifth. Um, Chloe Chambers, the American, who's gotten an F3 test, finished 11th, just outside the points. Um, Jamie Chadwick actually fell out of the race, so which is interesting. Uh, the standings going into the USA, which they're supposed to finish their championship uh, if they have the money to get there. Um, 
Jamie Chadwick is now up by 50 points on Betske Visser and uh, 50, what is it? You know, 50 points plus you know, 50 and then another seven, you know, 57 on Alice Powell. Yeah, 57 on Alice Powell. That's really the battle. Um, you know, so the, I'm trying to see the races. Yeah. So they have two races to go in the season. Um, essentially, the battle is between those three. Abby Pullings on the back end of it. Um, in regards to the points, she's the last one that really could do anything about it. The top 12 make next year's championship. If there is another championship, there's 11 drivers that have kind of scored a bunch of points. Bruna Tomaselli and Abby Eaton are tied at 11 points, which, uh, wow, that could have been a pick for E-Man. Um, what's it called? Chloe Chambers is need would need a lot of help the last two races. If they have the last two races, Ayla Agron, uh, I think showed up as a fill in. So it's not fair to her. Um, so we'll see what happens with W series. Um, if they do race at the U S Grand Prix here in a couple weeks time, um, WRC ran uh, rally, New Zealand and, uh, saw Callie Rovampera, Oh, man, that almost was a pick six as well for Fred Warner. Um, Callie Rovampera becomes the youngest World Rally champion in history with two rounds to go, um, winning yet another race by 34.6 seconds over nine-time or, I don't know, I think seven-time world champion Sebastian Ogier um, driving uh, on, as his teammate in Toyota. Otanek, former world champion, and the Hyundai finishes third. Terry Neuville, Oliver Solberg gives Hyundai's three, four, five. Hayden Patton, and in, in his home race, uh, race in RC two rally two. Hyundai uh, finishes sixth overall. So credit to him on that. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen finishes top ten. The the champion elect in the supercars championship gets a top 10 in rally New Zealand. So credit to him goes and wins the last race at Pukekohe finishes top 10 in rally New Zealand and a Skoda Fabia in the rally two category guy can do anything, which goes. And uh, I mean, credit to Cali Rovampera. It's good for the sport. His dad was in the series when I first started watching um, he's really talented. They need to promote him in the worst way. Kid has a lot of talent. He won a bunch of races this year, and um, it would speak to them, giving him a lot of promotion, put him over, and talk about how good he is. And um, wow, look at that! That's a cool paint scheme for this weekend for Shell V for the D Dick Johnson Racing Team going back to the old school. Uh, shell V power or scheme from back in the day. Um, 100 years of Repco, yeah, and Repco is a big sponsor for them, so they're going to run number 100 for 100 years of Repco with Anton Di Pasquale, Tony Di Alberto, and then, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and then, uh, was it, you know, retro Repco livery 98 with the 98 scheme. Oh, that's badass. Hopefully one of those, hopefully one of the DJR cars wins. 
Um, I have a hard time believing that's going to happen, but um, we have the Bathurst 1000 this coming weekend, uh, the Great Race, one of the biggest races in the world, uh, one of the toughest races to win. Oh, man, that was a pick. Oh, come on, Warren. Come on, Greenlaw. Pick that crap off. Ugh. Unbelievable. Um, what is a calendar? We'll go to the calendar, and um, there after this race, there will still be three races to go, or two races to go um, in this season. There will be the Gold Coast uh, 500 at Surfer's Paradise, and then the Adelaide 500 in the old Adelaide Formula One track, which um, has been altered a little bit. Um, trying to go and get the is it event guide. Trying to go and get an entry list here. Now you have the track map. You got the event. Blah blah blah. Accessible map. Event program. Digital. Oh, they have a digital program. Look at that. Good job by Supercars on that. Got all kinds of information here. This would be better. This would be something NASCAR could learn from with the way they have things set up. I'll purchase your hard copy. Fuck you. I'm purchasing it. I want to know what the hell the entry list is for the Bathurst 1000. So essentially here with the Bathurst 1000, um, as when it comes to the championship, I think it's double points for this race. Um, and uh, I'm trying to go and get you know, driver's teams, results, you know, championship points going into um, this race. Shane Ben Gisbergen's the defending race winner at the Bathurst 1000 and uh, has a 525 point lead over Cameron Waters, 602 over Will Davison, 669, 69 over Anton Di Pasquale. Chaz Mostert, former winner of this race, is in fifth. Brock Feeney, the rookie teammate of Shane Ben Gisbergen, is in sixth, taking over for Jamie Winch Cup. Uh, their uh, former winner of this race, David Reynolds, is in seventh. Heimgartner, Brody Kostecki, Tim Slade round out the top ten. Frosty Winterbottom, former champion of this series, is in 11th. So we'll see what happens with that. I want to bring up Bathurst. Bathurst 1,000 winners. So Bathurst 1,000 winners and the internet is not working hopefully we're still on the air yeah we're still on the air thank god um yeah okay so that that part of the episode downloaded so okay good um i'm downloading off of the mount panorama website no less uh last year they're showing they're showing 2021 oh so last year it was chas mustard and really oh wow Chaz Mostert and Lee Holdsworth were the winners of the race last year. I thought it was Shane Van Gisbergen won in 2021. My fault. Um, Chaz Mostert and Lee Holdsworth were Walkinshaw and Dreddy United, so now he's a two-time winner of this race. He won it for both Ford and Holden. SVG and Garth Tander won it in 20 for the Red Bull team. Scotty McLaughlin and Alex Pramat in 19. The legend Craig Lowndes uh, with Stephen Richards in 2018. Um, David Reynolds and Luke Yulden in 17. Will Davis and John O'Webb in 16. Craig Lowndes and Stephen Richards in 15. 
Chaz Mostert and Paul Morris. 14, Frosty, uh, a former winner with Stephen Richards. So Stephen Richards has won three um, Bathurst 1000s in recent years. So uh, something to look at there. We'll see. I mean, Holden obviously has more numbers there. Five, what is it, six uh, wins in the last, was it six of the last seven uh, wins uh, in before that, a couple of Ford wins. So six of the last nine wins at the mountain, uh, seven of the last 10, going all the way back to Jamie Winch Cup and Paul Dumbrell. Um, so we'll see what happens with the great race and um, how things go for that. Um, we'll talk about it on the next episode of the GSP. Now, World Superbikes at Portugal. Alvaro Batista is um, in front. He's uh, he had a great run at uh, at Catalonia, the last race, getting a triple, getting all three wins, and giving himself a huge gap over Toprak Raskat Lioku and Johnny Ray. Uh, Garrett Gerloff getting a podium for the first time in a long time has put himself back in the mix to possibly get in the top 10 in points. Um, his future teammate, Loris Baz, is right behind him, four points behind him. So there is a little bit of a battle there for between Javi Viejas on a Honda, Gerloff, and Loris Baz for 10th in the championship. But the real battle is for... Who's going to win the world championship? Alvaro Bautista is in good position with uh, four rounds to go in the championship. Uh, Remy Gardner is going to be going to the world Superbike to take over the bike that Garrett Gerloff was riding. And then the second bike will with the uh, GRT Yamaha team will be ridden by former world super sport champion, Dominique Agator in 2023 so um that's uh there'll be something to see we'll see what happens with racing at um algarve and then yeah villicum mandalika which is where they call it a street circuit but i don't know how you call it a, a street circuit in indonesia um but if they're racing i don't get how you call it a street circuit but um but whatever uh British Touring Cars, before we move in a week, uh, four highlights since the Niners are going to win. I mean, largely due to basically one good offensive series um, and a pick six by the new um, the new Troy Polamalu um, in Hafunga. Um, British Touring Cars has had a great championship this year, and... Um, there's one race to go in their season this coming weekend. We'll talk about it. Uh, you have the Ford uh, Ash Sutton uh, defending series champion and the Napa Ford team um, dry, leading by five points over Jake Hill, um, seven points over Tom Ingram, and multi-time BTCC champion Colin Turkington in fourth. Um the uh, I mean, I'm trying to go and go through the drivers and trying to figure out who's driving for who, but um, they don't list it that way. Yeah, so it's Aiden Moffitt, and yeah, the, why would you put it that way? 
Um, there's Rich Energy is actually a, a sponsor in the British Touring Car Championship. So there you go. Um, Josh Cook, who's the Josh Cook, who's in the standings, I think. Yeah, as I just, I don't know, Josh Cook is in six. Okay, fine. So Rich Energy doesn't have anything to do with it, but then jo- they're sponsoring Jason Plato. So it kind of makes a lot of sense um, that they're, that they're sponsoring a team that's driven by Jason Plato. Um, anyways, yeah, the Halfords team, which is the team ran by Matt Neal, uh, multi-time champion Gordon Shedden with them, Colin Turkington and Stephen Jelly. That's a West Surrey Racing BMW team. Bristol Street Motors is Dan Lloyd, Jan, Jack, Tom Chilton. Wow. And Tom Ingram, um, who is in the championship, uh, they're running. What the hell are those cars? Um, maybe the Hyundai i thirty Rs. Oh, okay, interesting. Uh, Rocket MB Motorsport. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's not him. Yeah, Rory Butcher. At, yeah, no, I'm assuming that. Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. Napa Racing UK is, yeah, Ash Sutton and Dan Camish. Yeah, Ash Sutton, who's leading. I'm trying to find where Jake Hill, who Jake Hill drives for in regards to what car he drives, but whatever. Um, they don't want to put it here. They don't want to. This is a weird website, honest to God. And it's not because I'm a couple in. It's like, make it easier. If you have a driver, let me find my driver. Yeah, Nicholas Hamilton drives for the Yazoo with Safu.com racing team. Um, I mean, I should be able to find my my find the driver that connects to a certain team. It's not that easy, which is kind of dumb. I mean, Rory Butcher, Ricky Collard, and the Toyotas, Cargaz, Sicily, and Adam Morgan. That makes no sense. Makes no sense at all. But whatever. The reality of the world is four drivers battling for the championship, Turkington and the BMW, um, Tom Ingram there, Jake Hill, and uh, Ash Sutton in the Ford. And um, we'll see what happens uh, with that. Um, and we'll talk about it next week in the in the. Uh, episode next episode of the GSP Jake Hill oh, he's driving for the Rocket BMW team and um, yeah front wheel drive rear wheel drive West Surrey Racing Rocket MB Motorsports BMW um, trying to get to the standings there you go yeah Ash Sutton is driving a Ford so he's driving a front drive car Jake Hill is driving a rear wheel drive BMW along with Colin Turkington and then Ingram is in a a Hyundai. So he's in a front drive car. So two front drive cars versus two rear wheel drive cars. Brands Hatch GP uh, last race, last round of the championship. Plenty to go through, not just the driver standings. Manufacturers um, has BMW up by around 80 points on motor base Ford. In team standings, the Napa Racing UK motor-based Ford team is up by 42 on the BMW West Surrey Racing team. In the Independence Championship, Josh Cook 
um, is up by nearly under points on Adam Morgan. Independent teams, the Rich Energy BTC racing team uh, is up by, what is it, 25 on Car Gods with Sicily Motorsports uh, team. That's something we'll look at. The Jack Sears Trophy uh, sees Bobby Thompson, the leader. The Goodyear Wingfoot Award, because they had to go and badge Dunlops as Goodyear's to show that they don't make terrible tires, even though they still do. Uh, Jake Hill leads that by 15 points over Colin Turkington. We'll get into that next week um, for the next episode of the GSP in 138. Uh, Josh, you've had a little time to kind of wait. The Niners have won, so I'm feeling better about the world. They're 2-2. Two and two. Um, They've beaten both of their division rivals. They've lost to two of the worst teams in the league, but they're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, You won your matchup in fantasy, so good on you. Congrats on that. You can talk about fantasy. You can talk about your Jaguars um, here as we talk about football uh, here for the next few minutes, so take it away. Yeah, I mean, for um, fantasy, I mean, so far, uh, one by less than one point, less than one point victory over Island of Irrelevancy, a.k.a. Steve. Um, yeah, Dio Samuel getting the win there with a couple of, you know, one touchdown and uh, a couple of rushes and catches and everything. So good there. Uh, we'll see. It presumably have one, but it's looking like, you know, it's looking like that, but you know, we'll have to wait for the adjustments, uh, you know, post game for, you know, especially on defense, the statisticians, uh, you know, going and changing the, you know, correcting the tackling and defensive stats and all that. Um, we'll see what happens uh, on there, but presumably I've won. So now I'm proved to three and one thought it was going to be two and two, but three and one's better than two and two. Um, but big game by Tyreek Hill on Thursday night football. Um, big game by Geno Smith, who seemingly has uh, outperformed uh, Russell Wilson for the year. Um, big game by uh, Foye Luikun in the losing effort for Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday uh, in Philadelphia. Um, so good games there. Derrick Henry, big game uh, there. And um, um, yeah, looking looking good so far. Um, might have to continue just to work the waiver wire and patch together my team. But, you know, getting a win there. So should get us into the top five, um, you know, after one quarter of the way uh, through the year in fantasy. Um, for the Jaguars, uh, losing game on Sunday to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles won 29 to 21 against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, rainy game the whole way. Uh, the whole game uh, was raining. Um, Trevor Lawrence fumbled uh, four times. Through a pick, uh, James Robinson fumbled on one carry, but the Jaguars recovered it. Uh, so Lawrence responsible for five turnovers. Um, just a really bad game, uh, but they were still able to uh, stay within uh, a possession for most of the game. And then they were able to close within eight points at the end, but they couldn't uh, close it out. Um, they stopped the Eagles on fourth down at the end of the uh, game, you know, right before the two-minute drill um, to uh, give the Jaguars the ball back. But then Trevor Lawrence fumbled once again, uh, getting a sack, a shirt sack fumble, um, uh, just unable to hold on to the ball throughout the game at various points. Um, had a fourth down scramble, trying to throw the ball, and ball fell out of his hands. Had a uh, QB sneak on third and one, I think, 
um, or and try to uh, you know run run the ball up the middle and fumble the ball there. Then two two sack plays where he uh, got sacked and then fumbled the ball. So seemed somehow the um, ball security, particularly fumbling, seems to be an issue right now. But maybe it's just because of the rain. We'll see. But I mean, um, uh, Jalen Hurts also played the same game and didn't have any issues fumbling. So got to work on that. Maybe a little bit this week in practice. Um, they only ran ball eight times with Travis Etienne and James Robinson. So uh, Doug Peterson is talking about his uh, game plan. They wanted to stay in the pass and wanted to be able to attack through the air, even with the weather, uh, which is a good, I guess, good philosophy to not not uh, have to be fluid with your game plan. But uh, at the same time, it's also the rain, and you have two of the best running backs in the league right now. So should be able to um, adjust the game plan to uh, play accordingly. Um, and then on defense, a little bit thin. Uh, you know, up the middle on defense, they're already thin going into the game. They, you know, don't have a whole lot of physicality in the middle, uh, you know, in their defensive line. Most of it's uh, speed on the outside, but um, it's looking like kind of 2017 again in that perspective as well, because the uh, Jaguars that year, um, they, they were able to get sacks and everything, but they had problems stopping the run, uh, especially up the middle uh, until they traded for Marcel Darius in 2017 uh, before their bye week that year. Um, and then this year, so far, they've um, this game they had some issues running up the middle. So we'll see if that continues to be an issue. Uh, one of their players was hurt, but it may may continue on. We'll have to see. But um, so far, um, you know, they're two and two, which is better than what most people thought. But same time, you know, um, could easily be three and one, possibly even four and four and zero oh, if uh, things went right for us. So um, long way to go. But Jaguars are definitely the favorites right now to win the AFC South. In addition to that, they are a touchdown favorite uh, this weekend going into their matchup at home against the uh, Houston Texans, uh, who have been struggling this year with the 0-3 and 1 record. So we'll see what happens there. And then, uh, you know, on top of this, uh, something that we should watch out for for Trevor Lawrence. He's had five times in his career where he uh, has had a chance to either win the game by leading a touchdown drive or, um, you know, leading a touchdown drive to tie the game and um, all five times has failed to deliver, uh, go back to his games against Indianapolis uh, away at Indianapolis last year uh, at home against the Atlanta Falcons. And then on the road last year against the New York Jets. And then this year on the road at Washington and at Philadelphia where had had a chance to, you know, Washington go and uh, win the game, uh, you know, with touchdown respond to the late game touchdown by Carson Wentz. And then this game where, they're down by eight, you know, after five turnovers on a day, um, they um, fumbled again, or four turnovers, they fumbled again and um, ended up uh, failing to win. So uh, that's a concern, uh, Trevor, you know, needing to be able to lead a touchdown drive down uh, the field and, uh, you know, either win the game or tie the game, force overtime or something like that. It's something I have to watch out for um, and something that we probably maybe deserves a little bit more criticism on, but we'll have to see. Um, and you maybe have to look at other quarterbacks and their success. When did they first, you know, finally have a touchdown leading drive down the field uh, to win a game or um, force overtime. So we'll see what happens uh, next week against the Texans, but not too worried about that. So should be a good bounce back game, uh, get right game for the Jaguars um, against the Houston Texans. And, um, you know, we'll go from there. Um, but yeah, uh, disappointing loss, but, uh, you know, it's only week four, so they have plenty of time to recover. But let's uh, limit the turnovers like we saw on Sunday to, you know, never happening again, hopefully. So we'll see. Yeah, the Niners were able to go and get their victory, um, take the lead in the NFC West with their win over the defending 
Super Bowl champion LA Rams held them to, I guess, three field goals. Um, so that was pretty good. They were getting after Matthew Stafford. Um, Andrew Whitworth is um, now working for Amazon Prime, and um, they missed him today. Uh, the defensive line, the front seven, was feasting on the um, L.A. Rams. They were able to get, they were able to drive down the field, but they weren't able to close out drives. Uh, that's my man right there, Debo Samuel. Um, two road games in the NFC South coming up against the hapless Carolina Panthers and the basically seemingly similar Atlanta Falcons. So um, could get out of that um, realm, get out of that at four and two before they come home to play against uh, Kermit the Frog and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, that would be, uh, that'll be another Super Bowl um, rematch there. Um, it'll be hard for them to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're, they're, it's going to be a lot of points, though. The last time they played the Chiefs, they held them down for most of the game. So we'll see what happens with that. Hopefully um, it's a positive. Debo was able to break out tonight. Uh, GK was able to look good and, I mean, he should add a score there, but um, Jimmy didn't lose us the game. Niners played well. Kind of felt like they were going to do it, but I didn't want to go and get all excited about it. They seem to play against the Rams pretty well. Unfortunately, they laid an egg um, in the biggest match that they've had against the Rams in a long time in January. Um, I also signed for them to wear those throwback jerseys forever. Um, because I love them. Um, it brings me back to 1994 when Steve Young won the Super Bowl. So I would sign for them to wear those jerseys, period. Um, they're cooler. They're better. They're cleaner. They have more options with that. You can wear the gold pants. You can wear the white pants. You can go and wear the white with the gold. You can go wear red pants with the white. Like, you can go and change it up. Like, you have more options. But the fact of the matter is the Niners are back in play. Honest to God, they should be three and one right now. Um, probably four and zero, oh, and they'd be four and zero. Oh. They could have been three and one or four and zero oh or two and two with Lance, uh, but instead he's in a wheelchair sitting there watching Debo playing basketball with his fam and all that. Um, hopefully he'll be back. But Hufanga is an absolute freak of nature. Um, but as he had three solo tackles, one assist, an interception with a touchdown and a pass deflection for 19 points. Um, Hufanga's had an amazing uh, year this year, and um, he's only going to get better because he's an absolute freak of nature. Uh, he's basically a uh, wannabe, um, uh, wannabe uh, um, why am I, why, why, I, I said that, um, Troy Polamalu. And um, he's really effing good, and uh, it's a good thing. I mean, the league this week, oh, man, it's crazy. My, I finished eighth this week in points, and um, I'm still going to win because Vic, Vic's team uh, sucks. And um, Vic has double the amount of moves I have, and he's used just as much as amount of uh, waiver budget. There are teams that haven't used any. Um, Jeff and Professor Jay is never going to use waiver budget. He doesn't know what it is. Josh doesn't use it, at least as of now. 
Um, Luke hasn't used it. Manny doesn't know what waiver budget is. Steve has, and so is Wilson. Uh, but the fact of the matter is I think waiver budgets can be used a little bit this week. Um, I mean, 62-point victory for Wilson, and he didn't. And to be fair, Wilson had Alvin Kamara in his lineup, and um, he blamed it on being a dad and being on the West Coast uh, and wanting – he was asking for a sub, and I'm like, I don't think you need a sub. You've won by more points than anybody. Um, he ends up beating Manny, uh, pretty big. Josh right now is up by less than a point over, uh, Steve. So we'll see what the, um, IDP corrections bring. I mean, to be fair, uh, if there's any IDP corrections, I think they would come towards the side of Steve, which would be better for you, Josh. Um, Naeem Hines did nothing. Um, Darren Waller in a night in a day where the Vegas Raiders actually did something only had three for 24, which is crazy. Um, the rest of your team did work. Derek Carr was just there. Geno Smith essentially at this point is like your QB one, which is scary to think, but um, Alan Lazard's probably going to play. Um, yeah. Miles Garrett on, you're not using your um, IR spot. You have two guys that are out. You could use an IR spot, but um, you're welcome. Um, uh, so, yeah, so we'll get into fantasy next week. Josh is looking pretty tired, so we'll go and move forward to the Japanese Grand Prix, um, make some picks here for the Japanese Grand Prix. I'm gonna I'm going on racing reference based on – Active drivers, um, Sebastian Vettel is the best driver that has run more than one race at this racetrack. Uh, four wins, nine top fives, ten top tens with five pulls with a 3.3 average start and a 4.0 average finish. Um, Lewis Hamilton just behind him uh, has, he does have 10 top ten, 10 top fives and 11 starts. Um and two poles, but his and he has a 3.5 average start, 4.4 average finish. So very, it's very close between the two guys that are uh, essentially like the Federer and Nadal of uh, Formula One. Uh, Valtteri Bottas, pretty good there. Verstappen in five starts has three top fives and four top tens. So I guess it foreshadows. What we're going to talk, we're going to say here, Josh, um, Ricardo, can he keep the momentum there? Um, Alonzo's actually won there. Um, there are four drivers that have won at this racetrack. Vettel, Hamilton, Botas, Alonzo, 10 wins amongst those four. Verstappen hasn't won there yet, but who do you think is going to win on Sunday at the the um, Japanese Grand Prix. First time we've had a Japanese Grand Prix since 2019. Yeah, so this is another race that we've had uh, first time since COVID. Um, I mean, Verstappen has another opportunity to go out and win the championship. So um, if he, um, he did the math here, but, you know, strong chance. If he he only has to score four yeah. more points than, um, uh, what do you call, Charles Leclerc, essentially, as long as, if he finishes ahead of Charles Leclerc, 
for all intents and purposes, he's going to be the champion. If he wins, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, so if he wins, then it doesn't matter. So, um, you know, with the pace that the Red Bull has had this year, um, you know, they should be able to, you know, start up front and win the race. Um, but, of course, they're not invincible. You know, we saw what they did uh, this past weekend and their ability with, uh, you know, getting the fuel strategy right in, in qualifying, um, you know, make I'm sure it's not going to happen again, but, you know, the fact that they made a mistake like that shows they're not uh, that in, invincible is what they might may have looked like. So, you know, there's maybe a little bit of hope, but not not very much. So as long as he qualifies well for Stavin, you know, should win the race uh, fairly easily. Um, but, you know, I think the other question is, is, um, you know, for Red Bull, for their teammate in Sergio Perez, um, you know, he won the race this past weekend. But if it is come, you know, a situation where uh, um, Verstappen needs, you know, has an opportunity to win, uh, does he play the teammate role? And does he be that minister of defense that he uh, nicknamed that he got last year from the championship uh, in Abu Dhabi? Does he play that role uh, here in Suzuka? Um, to try to, you know, ensure Max Verstappen victory or finish uh, ahead of uh, Charles Leclerc. Uh, so look out for that if that happens. Um, you, know, you know, we'll see if that happens. And, you know, for uh, Ferrari, um, you know, they, they've had chances to win this year. And, you know, they had another opportunity this past weekend in Singapore. Um, you know, they finally, like, you know, if they have the pace, can they actually challenge, uh, you know, uh, Red for this victory and make it harder for Max Verstappen to win this championship than he wants to. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, Leclerc, if they can, maybe they have the pace, but, um, you know, it's all dependent on their execution of their strategy, um, you know, as they've always had issues this year so far with their um, strategy and, you know, throwing away race wins, throwing away podiums and things like that. So um, that's, uh, you know, what I'm looking out for this weekend and then you know also um mclaren racing of course they uh they've had another opportunity you know they got a, a top five for both of their cars and you know you mentioned ricardo earlier well um you know can his teammate lando norris can they follow up uh it's actually good to be his um well i think he's had a chance to race at uh at suzuka now um after 2019 um he's he's raced there so not the first time for um, uh, Lando Norris uh, in in Suzuka, but um, you know it's been a few years now for everybody. So uh, can McLaren again try to you know get in the points, maybe get some points back from you know and um, continue, continue to separate themselves from uh, Alpine uh, in the midfield battle there. So um, yeah, that's that's what I'm looking out for this weekend. And then um, you know you mentioned Lewis Hamilton earlier too. And, um, Mercedes did not have a good race weekend uh, this past week at Singapore, so can use this weekend as kind of a bounce back in a way. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know if they get podium or not, but you know, um, can they get the you know better finish, say like you know within a top five or uh, something like that, where both cars get into points and you know they can stay within you know within a um, certain amount of time to uh, Max Verstappen or whoever is the leader at the end, and you know need, both of them can finish on the lead lap at the very end of the race. I think that's what you have to look out for here uh, this weekend at Suzuka. So just to confirm, you picked Max to win and and yeah. lock up the world championship. He could, he can also lock it up as long as he wins and gets the fastest lap, no matter what. Yeah. Um. Uh. What's his name? Leclerc does. Yeah. Um, it would be over. Yeah. And I who mean, did I you pick for, as your wild card? Yeah, as my as my wild card uh, this weekend. Um, 
you know, I'm I'm going to go with uh, Lando Norris as a wild card this weekend. I want to see, you know, follow up with this um, finish uh, at Singapore. You know, he's the number one guy at McLaren. Um, you know, his team had a good finish as well, but, you know, he's, he's the face, he's the future. And, you know, we want to see him, you know, potentially challenge for a podium if he's able to, or, you know, repeat the finish that he had this uh, past weekend at, at Singapore. That's, I think that's what you have to look out for. So I'm going to go follow your lead. Um, Verstappen gets the win, fastest lap pole, gets the grand slam probably, and um, gets the championship for now. We'll see what they do in the tribunal and all that shit um, here in a couple days. Probably talk about it next week. Um, In regards to a wild card, I mean, it's not really a wild card in a sense. I did pick Fernando Alonso to qualify in the top five and essentially finish in the top five. I mean, flirt with a podium. That would probably be the pick. Um, I don't think he's going to win. I have a hard time believing he's going to win. They, to be fair, even though they had the pace, they had decent pace on um, Sunday at Singapore, it wasn't that great. He was able to hold off Max Verstappen. So if I guess if he can qualify in the front row with the rain that might that is theoretically they're saying the weather forecast is for rain. So but I'm gonna pick uh Carlos Sainz, his countryman, as the wild card for the um Formula One race at um the Japanese Grand Prix. First time at Suzuka, legendary track, um plenty of Great races, plenty of historic races have taken place there. Um, gonna go to uh, the Xfinity series now and the Roval, uh, Charlotte Road Course to drive for the Cure 250. AJ Allmendinger is a three-time defending race winner at this race, so. Um, it's basically screaming out at me, uh, to go and pick AJ Allmendinger. He just won last week. Uh, he has now been, uh, signed to be a driver next year in the cup series. And, um, what the hell I'll pick AJ Allmendinger. Why not? Um, I usually, um, don't get these anyways, so I'm probably going to be the reason why, uh, for Xfinity at the Roval, AJ Allmendinger to win. And um, my wild card pick, since the Xfinity race has some interesting players, Josh, uh, there's 41 for 38. So there's going to be a little bit of issue for trying to qualify. Sage Karam driving for our motorsports, so he won't be in as good of a car. Or might I guess it's kind of like iffy difference between the cars that he's going to be in relative to what he was in uh, Alpha Prime. Vargas is actually driving this weekend, so good on him uh, bringing out Reddit to the nation to in regards to racing. Can't believe Joe Graff Jr. is in this race. It tells you all you need to know. He's probably going to be at least two cautions. Um... James Davison, as I mentioned earlier, will be in the 18 car. Danny Kvyat's running double duty, uh, driving the 26 for Sam Hunt. Austin Wayne Self, he needs to qualify on time. I doubt he will. Um, Kaz Grala will be driving the 34 for Wuji. Uh, Brad Perez will be trying to make it in in a Emerling Gates Ford number 35. Alex LeBay, who's had great success. Um, in the 36 car uh, will be there 
um, and uh, for um, Mario Goslin. Steve Addington. Wow, I didn't know he was working for Sieg. Um, that's interesting. Him and Car- Cowboy Starlin. Uh, Stefan Parsons will be driving the number 45 for Fra- with Frankie Kurz as crew chief. Uh, Josh Balicki will be driving as his teammate. Marco Andretti making his NASCAR debut. The SRX champion uh, will be making his NASCAR debut this weekend with Big Machine Racing. Um, Scott Porchetta. Patrick Donahue at the helm. Brennan Poole trying to make the race with Means Motorsports. They haven't had that much luck this year. Uh, Chris Wrong in the Brandon Built Motorsports uh, 68. Preston Pardis in the 91 with his dad, Dan, uh, crew chiefing. Andy Lally in the 08. Timmy Hill in the 13. Brandon Brown in the 78 for BJ McLeod. And Josh Williams running double duty, running the 92 for Mario Gosselin, and then running the 78 um, for BJ McLeod. So, yeah, I, I'm picking AJ Allmendinger. I mean, that's that's pretty easy. My wild card, I mean, I, I would have picked Marco if it didn't make me want to puke because he's a douche and he blocks people because he's hypersensitive, even though he's a fucking multimillionaire. And he's been able to live the life that most of us would dream of, being the son of a legend and your grandfather's one of the greatest race car drivers of all time. And he's a bitch. He was a hack. And he backdoored an SRX title, to be fair, because of the nonsense that went on in USAC and the terrible scoring that went on. And he broke his wrist, too, in the process, which was stupid. Um, not his fault. I mean, it's just the stupidity of SRX this past year that he broke his wrist and he still won the championship. But um, I'm going to pick Danny Kvyat as my wild card. I know he has virtually no chance, but um, uh, it's it's the it's a road course race with the Xfinity series. Um, you know, there's liable. It's liable to be a lot of destruction. He's a kind of guy that um, knows how to make things work, albeit not in stock cars. I mean, driving the Gen 7 car and now jumping an Xfinity car. I'm really making a wild card pick there, Josh. But um, who are you looking at for um, the Roval for the Xfinity? Well, um, you know, this week, the Roval, um, you know, I'm going to roll with uh, Ty Gibbs, uh, the Roval on this side. Um, You know, we talked about his performance of the year and, you know, he, it seems like, you know, it's been a while since he's won, but it's, you know, it's only been since August. And, you know, after that, um, you know, it's been all Noah Gregson seemingly in the Xfinity series, but, you know, he, he won at Road America, you know, earlier in the summer, you know, first career victory and first career start in the Xfinity series was at the Daytona road course uh, back in, you know, February, 2021. So he's got a couple of road course victories under his belt already. Uh, and, you know, he, he's shown to have a lot of pace, if things go right. So I'm going to pick Ty Gibbs this weekend to win uh, the Roval. Um, and, you know, for my wild card, you know, I'm going to go with Marco, actually. Um, you know, you pick Daniel Kvyat, you know, the former F1 guy. Um, I'll pick uh, uh, Marco Andretti in his first career NASCAR Xfinity start, first career stock car uh, start in NASCAR. Of course, experience with SRX, like you said. Um, so he's got a little bit, you know, it's not going to be too unfamiliar, but um, it should be interesting watching him race against uh, these guys, uh, you know, him mostly being a, you know, former open wheel guy, um, you know, for the most part. So it should be interesting uh, seeing Marco and, you know, what he's able to do with with, uh, the big machine racing car, number 48. So picking him uh, this weekend and, 
Um, you know, you also have the uh, uh, elimination stuff as well for the Xfinity series. And, yeah, I forgot um, about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like the for the most part, the field is set. You know, maybe you know seventh and eighth are the only ones that may be on shaky ground. Um, but I, I have to, you know, believe that Sam Mayer uh, is able to, you know, hold his weight and make it into the round of eight cutoff. Um, and Ryan Sieg is a little bit more on shaky ground, only six points ahead of Dale Hamrick. Um, neither of these guys, I think, are really known for road course racing. Um, but, you know, I'm going to go with the, the Colic car. Maybe, you know, something trickles down from uh, A.J. Allmendinger and their team to get his teammate in into the round of eight, you know, continue to uh, have a chance to uh, defend his 2021 Xfinity title. Uh, so I'm I'm going to say that the only change that we see in the round of, uh, you know, from round of 12, round of eight is Dale Hemrick making it in and Ryan Sieg making it out. And then the rest of, you know, the rest of the round of 12, the rest of the 12 that are in right now, um, you know, Jeremy Clements, Brandon Jones, and uh, Zach, uh, Riley Herbst are uh, the ones that get eliminated along with Ryan Sieg. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, the stats agree with that as well. So Hemrick has had three starts at the Roval, two top fives and three top tens with an average of a 5.3 finish. Uh, So it agrees with you. Um, Just to give a a contrast with, I'm trying to find Ryan Sieg. Ryan Sieg has four starts at the Roval, 19th uh, average start and essentially a 30th place finish average uh, with three finishes out of four. So it very, it essentially is uh, going against Ryan Sieg here. Um, you know, when it comes to this race, Alex LeBay is a, Alex LeBay is a good wild card. Uh, somebody would be great to see him win for the sport, for him as a cast car, former cast car champion for Mario Gosselin. Minus some of the shit he's done um, and he's gotten charged for. Um, but yeah, uh, Hamrick is definitely someone. This is a race. This race, the next three weeks, honestly, is going to determine if um, Daniel Hamrick has a ride. Honestly, if he can advance to the round of eight, Homestead's a great racetrack for him. Vegas is a great racetrack for him. If he can go and do work and he's good at martinsville to be fair he could determine his career and what he does next year because i figure colleague we were talking about i mean phil spain he doesn't go and i mean phil spain's high society now um now that he's got a big following i'm pretty sure he won't come on our show anymore but uh responded some of his posts i think colleague's gonna contract to two cars so they can focus more on the two cup cars. I know that AJ Allmendinger has a good working relationship with that whole crew. I'm, I wonder what's going to happen in regards to whether they bring some of the people he's had here on the Xfinity side over there and vice versa. Um, may If they make any changes to the 31 car, I don't think they're going to change a crew chief. Um, Trent Owens is a great crew chief, so they're not going to make that change. Um, but... I figure they're only going to have two Xfinity cars, which is probably going to leave Landon Castle out in the lurch. Um, Are they going to call Chandler Smith, perhaps, since he's on the outs at Kyle Busch Motorsports? Does Toyota save him? What about John Nemechek? It sounds like he's going to stay with Toyota. Um, He's pretty solid there. Um, Who do you call in? I mean, does Hemrick stay? If he can make a good run here these next five weeks, 
he has a job for next year. Uh, he won't be the champion more than likely, but he'll he'll have a job. And for being a driver of, I mean, he's a good driver. He's a champion, um, and he's a good guy. But that's something he needs to advance. Um, he has the ability to. He has a team to, and he has the help. And he and so we'll see what happens with that Cup Series at the Roval thirty. Nine for 40, so nobody's going to fail to qualify uh, this weekend um, at the Roval in the Cup Series. The interesting players that we wouldn't see usually. Um, I'm trying to bring this up here. Cup Series drivers. Four times they've raced. Limit data to last, yeah. Last five races, good. And then active drivers only. Oh, yeah. Active drivers only. I mean, it's not that shocking. William Clyde Elliott the second, uh, two wins, uh, three top tens, sixty-four laps led, average finish of fifth is the best. Um, Blaney has a win with four top tens. Bowman, if he runs, which um, he's finishing top ten every time he's ran at the Roval and ran every lap. Uh, Reddick is someone that um, he's only run two times at the Roval. But as an average finish is seventh, Logano, Hamlin, Larson, I mean, Kurt Busch doesn't count in this case, Cole Custer, Kevin Harvick, um, he's out of playoffs. Trying to see here. William Byron has led 80 laps at the Roval, which is interesting. Um, I think that's the most to anybody. Yeah, it is. William Byron's led more laps than anybody at the Roval over the four years of uh, this experiment. 14.5 average, just ahead of Christopher Busher. Um, and Chris Bell, if I'm going to go and change names the way uh, Dale Jr. changes them. But you have the floor, Josh, um, for your picks for the Roval and who's going to advance into the round of eight for the Cup Series. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm going to go with the guy that won the initial Roval race in 2018, and I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. But he has a good record at the Roval. You know, he won the Ro- the initial one um, and then finished eighth. Uh, fifth and ninth, uh, the three races, three years since that win. So he's got a pretty good record. So I'm going to go with Ryan, Ryan Blaney uh, winning uh, and getting finally getting his first win of the year here and locking himself into the round of eight uh, this season. Um, wild card, uh, you know, you mentioned, um, I mean, you know, the in what we talked about in the Xfinity series, the IndyCar guy, um, Marco Andretti. Well, I'm going to go the IndyCar theme here, and I'm going to go with Connor Daly as a wild card. You know, he, the counterpart to the SRX, he was the announcer for some of the SRX races. So, you know, I'm going to go with uh, his buddy Connor Daly here, uh, racing for um, Floyd Mayweather Jr. here with the TMT Money Racing Team. So, uh, go with him here this weekend. Uh, should be interesting. First career NASCAR start uh, in the Cup Series for Connor Daly. So a couple of first career guys in picking here, but, you know, uh, very curious to see what, you know, what they're able to do behind the wheel of a stock car here at uh, the Charlotte Motor Speedway Road Course um, this weekend. So that's one thing for the race, um, for the uh, standings, you know, as far as who gets to advance, um, you know, the real tight, uh, battle right here is the tie between Cindric and Chase Briscoe. Both of these guys are really good at road course racing, but you know I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to fade your guy Chase and go with uh, Austin Cindric sneaking his way into the round of eight. Um, you know I, you think his 
natural road course background. Maybe I favor him a little bit more. Plus, you know, Team Penske seems to hit this strategy a little bit better um, overall as a team than, uh, you know, the 14 Stuart Haas right now. So I'm going to fade him, uh, Chase. And, you know, I know you mentioned um, um, William Byron, uh, you know, having a good amount of laps led at the Roval, but going to fade him also. And, and Chris Bell, it's very unlikely Chris Bell, unless he wins, um, can he make it into the uh, round of eight? So very hard there. And then, of course, Bowman's in a Hail Mary situation. We don't even know yet if he's going to race. You know, considering his concussions, so let's we can assume that he's going to be eliminated this weekend. So, um, yeah, so I'm I've got Briscoe, Byron, Bell, and Bowman. So the four Bs uh, in in this uh, minus Blaney in this uh, playoff uh, bracket here. So yeah, that's what I'm I'm thinking this weekend. Um, think everybody else is good on points, and you have guys that uh, have been successful as of late on the road courses. You know, like. Uh, Dale uh, Suarez, who, you know, won first career race at Sonoma. Kyle Larson won last year on the Roval, um, you know, in his championship run. Logano seems to average out well on road courses, and he's won on road courses before. Hamlin's always going to figure out a way. Ross Chesting also has been pretty good on road courses this year. And then, you know, you've got Blaney and Elliott, who've also been fairly well on road courses, so overall in their careers. So, yeah, that's what I'm thinking this weekend here um, as we uh, move on to the round of eight here in the NASCAR playoffs. Yeah, good picks and makes sense there. Um, I posted them there. You picked YRB, Connor, but the going essentially chalk on the playoff picks uh, for me. I mean, you're leaving him out there. I might as well just go for the topic. Um, in regards to, I mean, just to go and let people know, people that aren't in the regular races like every week, Joey Hands driving for Rick Ware and the fifteen number 15 Ford. A.J. Allmendinger uh, driving the number 16 car um, this weekend in the cup series trying to scroll down of course Keebler in the 23 Danny Kvyat and Loris Hensemans in the Hazeberg uh, cars Kvyat will be in a Toyota Loris Hensemans will be in a Ford and trying to scroll through um, yeah Connor Daly of course for TMT with uh, Tony Hurry Jr. as a crew chief uh, Mike Rockenfeller will be in the number 77 for Spire and then Josh Williams will be in the 78 for Live Fast. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to pick Clyde uh, because it's out there. Why not? Um, it, it, I mean, the way I make picks, I usually make picks and they don't go the right way. So whatever. It'll probably make it a better race if Clyde's out. Um, Roval, Clyde, Thomas William, Clyde, Elliot, uh, I to win. And then my wild card. My wild card. I'm gonna go with just based on the average finish. Um, I'm gonna go with Dale Jr.'s boy, Christopher Busher. Um, and I'm gonna put it in that way. Christopher Busher. Solid pick. Uh, he is fourth based on active drivers. Um, utilizing racing reference. Um, five top tens, two top fives in the last 10 road course races, an 11.4 average finish. And, um, they had a chance at Sonoma, which is essentially the closest race road course to this road course. 
and um, he's coming off winning at another SMI track. So Christopher Busher would be uh, my wild card selection. Um, I'm going to say that both Gumby Sindrick and Chase Briscoe make the round of eight. Daniel Suarez falls out. William Byron, Christopher Bell, and Alex Bowman. I mean, I don't think Alex Bowman's driving this weekend, so that's whatever. Um, William Byron and Christopher Bell, uh, which is, I mean, it's kind of insane to consider how good Christopher Bell's uh, round of 16 was, and they threw it out the window, and he has one bad race, the first race of the round at Kansas, and now he's going to miss the round of eight. He's one of the eight best drivers in the Cup Series this year. Um, Sindrick and Briscoe, I mean, I'm saying this as a Briscoe fan, neither of them really belong in this playoff. I mean, there should only be a 12-driver playoff, and then we might not be in this position anyway. But, um, I mean, it's crazy to think that, um, I mean, but Ryan Blaney wouldn't be in this playoff either if there was a 12-driver playoff. So, um, under the current setup, but it's neither here nor there. Um, I figure Briscoe and Sindrick both make it into the round of eight. Um, Suarez has issues, even though he's good on the road courses. Um, they have mechanical or something to get wrecked um, because people are doing argy-bargy because they decided they didn't want to wreck each other last week at Talladega. And then everybody else that's behind him uh, falls out of the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, that is that. So we will um, throw to you, Josh, for the Sim segment. Um I know you're working this week, you're on the road, so maybe you're not going to be doing anything on the sim side, but did you do anything last weekend? I know I think Open Wheels 500 is coming up, so uh, prep in regards to that for you for that race? Yeah, potentially. Um, I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do it yet. Um, just trying to, not because I don't want to, just like, you know, scheduling thing and everything, but um, we'll, we'll see there. I got to look at the calendar before I, you know, sign up for that. Um, um, hope, you know, I just got to look if I'm free and everything, just make sure. But um, I mean, this past weekend, of course, um, past week, uh, you know, we had the hurricane and, um, you know, ended up having a couple of days at home and, you know, waiting it out. So ran a bunch of Talladega with uh, the cup car and the Xfinity car. Uh, at Talladega and yeah, it was, um, you know, Xfinity, you know, trying to, you know, just trying to, the strategy is just to stay up front in both races. Like I usually did not qualify, um, just, uh, took, took the um, starting provisional or whatever and start from the back and just try to draft my way up to the um, front or, you know, up to the top 10 and hang around there to the end and just try to race smart and avoid, you know, avoid incidents, which I felt like I was able to do for the most part and avoid, um, the big wrecks, but, um, I was able to do that for the most part, um, and try to just, uh, bump draft, uh, to the, you know, whoever was in front of me, push them to the win and, and do that. And, you know, uh, I was able for the most part, I felt, felt like I was able to kind of do that and a cup wasn't as, as, uh, successful as Xfinity, but, um, I feel like maybe the Xfinity style package was, uh, maybe fits my style more of wanting to push draft the whole way around on the racetrack as much as possible. But, you know, the cup car does have the bigger runs, uh, you know, in, in the draft, you know, especially in, in, um, you know, when you're at the back of the pack and you're trying to get a run, you know, you just get this huge burst of speed 
at some point down the back stretch or on the front stretch. And then you got to make a decision whether you lift and stay in line or you try to make a move to, um, you know, go to the outside or go to the inside if there's, if there's room there. So um, that's, that was what I was trying to do with the cup car, you know, Xfinity trying to just, you know, push and stay up front. And that's, you know, I was able to do for the most part uh, there, but um, you know, it was always fun running Talladega and, you know, regardless of the series, uh, you know, in, in iRacing. So, you know, always glad to do that one. Um, but yeah, I am, am on travel this week. So maybe not sure yet what I'll be able to do yet, uh, until I get back. And I know, yet um, when I get back, I might have to do some catch up work on, you know, other things I have to do at home, but we'll see. I'll definitely let you know if I am, uh, getting to do anything, uh, for sure. Um, there, uh, and, you know, one thing with the hurricane, uh, I was running Xfinity at, uh, cup or at Talladega and then finished that race. And while I was racing that, I noticed like my uh, kitchen light was beginning to flicker a little bit. And I started getting a little nervous that the power was going to go out while I was racing that racing and I was able to stay on. And then I registered for the cup race. And while I was waiting, everything went black and lost power. Uh, so yeah, it was a little bit, you know, um, worried during the, cause I didn't want to like, just like get eliminated because of the power like while I was running my race. And so at least I was in the, just in the lobby waiting for cup to begin when the power went out. And then, um, you know, after that, it's like, well, may as well just go to bed. So went to bed and, uh, you know, woke up a couple of hours later to the kitchen lights being on and, you know, power was back on and everything. So I had to go turn this off and go back to bed. But, uh, that was, that was my, basically my hurricane experience with, um, the, uh, you know, power going out and everything, but, you know, very, you know, very fortunate that, um, you know, no other damage occurred or anything like that other than that in my fence. But, um, you know, of course, um, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to the people in Fort Myers and Western coast of Florida, Southwest coast, because it's very, very catastrophic damage there um, that took place. And, you know, certainly a lot, a lot of repair, uh, rebuilding that needs to be made. So, you know, hopefully, you know, people are able to recover from, uh, from that and, um, you know, all that, uh, damage and everything. So, um, yeah, I mean, if I stream, if I in, end up being able to, uh, this weekend, you know, as always follow at Twitch TV slash you sailor too, and you can go in there and watch myself, which I did extreme on one of my holiday races. Uh, you know, I think it was cup and, uh, I ended up finishing like, uh, in the top 20, uh, I, I had a chance to go for the lead and then I, uh, took the run and just didn't have enough draft uh, behind me to stay up in the lead and then faded to the back and then uh, ended up getting caught up in some stuff. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes at Talladega. But, you know, that's um, how that one went. But overall, the week was pretty interesting with uh, Talladega uh, racing for the most part. Um, and, you know, of course, follow my social media at JB Huffine and, you know, all my Jaguars takes, NASCAR takes, uh, you know, other takes, you know, you know, with uh, markets and stuff, it's starting to get volatile and everything. And, you know, it's important to follow because, you know, if you into that stuff, you know, maybe it's a good time to start looking at buying stuff and investing. So look at that. Um, you know, um, yeah, all my, all the other things I'm interested in, you know, post on Twitter and everything. So look on there. Um, then of course you can follow our YouTube channel, uh, you know, at Grip Your Podcast where we have latest content, you know, up to this episode up on there, you know, watch our stuff and, you know, see what we have to say in video format as always. Um, and then, you know, we, we have that, uh, last thing we have that ticket promotion or whatever with the map 360 collective co, which I think we have 
tickets this weekend for the Roval race, and we have two tickets available. So we should be getting that this weekend. I think we have tickets yeah. for like yeah. three of the next Multiple. four races or something. Three of the next four races. We have Martinsville. We, Martinsville, we have Homestead, Homestead which I think. Phoenix. Yeah. In yeah. Phoenix. So we'll see. Um, I'm not sure yet if I'd actually be able to attend, but, you know, uh, once we get them, we'll make a decision and, you know, either use them ourselves or we'll um, uh, give them out to somebody. I know our friend Joe is going to go to that race because he's going to be on the way back from Florida, going back up to uh, Jersey and everything. So, um, you know, maybe we can help, you can help us uh, spread the word there for tickets and everything. And, you know, um, you know, they, wanted us to also you know mention the race for the championship show uh which is on usa, USA. at 10 10 p.m on thursday nights so if you're a fan of racing or you want to know more about it you can go there and watch that uh watch it a couple times myself and it's actually pretty good um you know and hopefully you know they're able to expand upon it you know in future years and try to drum up more interest similar to you know how uh formula one's drive to survive series has drummed up interest in Formula One in America with Netflix. So maybe, maybe there can be some effect there. We'll see. But yeah, um, you know, as always, Phil, you know, thanks for, you know, accommodating me, especially, you know, with um, my arrangements this week. So, you know, appreciate that. And um, yeah, thanks uh, for, you know, having me on and, you know, being able to do this. Absolutely, brother. I wouldn't do it without you um, unless you weren't able to show up and you're, you're away or something. And then I'll find a, fill in um we have a great vibe uh, we have a great thing here on the gsp um, when i'm rambling and losing my mind you're able to deal with it there's very few people that probably would put up with my shit so um i credit you and i'm glad that we're friends and we're able to do this and we're two um like theoretically like-minded people people sane whatever common sense type people that can go and talk about motorsports in a way and kind of give different views it may not be what everyone wants to hear but we'll give views of motorsports and so with that you can find us as josh said at Pod on twitter um we're on youtube josh handles that with the video feed um you can find me at philip g matthew on twitter philip g matthew 28 on instagram um you can also i mean we'll see if we can get some of these prize packs i think that's what we need to do go and email her and say hey hook us up with some prize packs we promoted on the podcast i'll try to get it out here early this week for the roval um i was slacking because i was really busy last week i'll be a little slower this week so we'll be able to get this sound out um prior to the roval and um yeah i mean we'll uh be back for episode 138 normal circumstances um after uh the roval previewing las vegas we'll be um talking about yeah, Vegas, Cup, and Xfinity won't be a whole lot more in motorsports next week because Formula One will be off. Um, so they're, they're, the season's kind of slowing down. Um, MotoGP, Moto2 will be running in Australia at Phillip Island. Um, otherwise, um, we'll get into the Cup and Xfinity at the Roval. Japanese Grand Prix where um, uh, Fish Lips is going to theoretically become a world champion for the first time uh, second time in regards to records but first time and um, whatever else that comes along in regards to the world of motorsports and sports um, baseball 
next week um their wild card round will have taken place so um we'll see who actually makes theoretically makes the playoffs um the mets are gonna end up going to the wild card and they're gonna have to try to fade the san diego padres yankees are gonna be in will aaron judge um pass um roger maris to win to get the al record um, it would be something if these assholes would actually pitch to him since they're pitching to Albert Pujols, which is something. Um, it's probably because he's old and they know they're he's going to retire. So he's already got 703 home runs, largely because they're pitching to him. I mean, come on now, pitched Aaron Judge. He, if they pitched Aaron Judge, he'd have gotten, he'd have been close to Sammy Sosa. I'm going to get on a soapbox here. The fact is they would pitch to the fucking guy. He, he'd he'd be able to win the triple crown and he'd be able to have 66 home runs, but they don't want to pitch to him because they're fucking pussies um, and it's bullshit, but we'll see what happens by this time next week. We'll know how many home runs Aaron judge has. Uh, he should get, he should get six for two forty, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He should get six for two forty, and um, the Philadelphia. Wow. First time since 2011, they fired Joe Girardi and they still made the playoffs. The Philadelphia Phillies made the playoffs. Good God. Good God. Wow. And they fired Joe Girardi in the process after that. All right. On that note, we're going to end this episode of Grifter Podcast. We'll be back next week for episode 138 of the GSP for Josh. I'm Phil. Uh, Jacksonville is in a good spot. Um, Niners are in a good spot next week, so we should both be in a good mood football-wise, hopefully. Uh, and we'll talk all about that and motorsports next week on the Grip Street Podcast. Take care, God bless, and goodbye.